All right. Uh, Vigilante wins here on the 21st episode of the Culture Crime Fires. Not only am I joined by my partner in Culture Crime Fighting, Matt from Fireball Productions, we have a special guest, none other but the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Cameron Pasha. How you doing, man? I'm, I'm great. And what a great opening. I hadn't been on your channel before. I and mean, what a wonderful opening. That's so much fun. Thanks. Yeah. I was watching yeah. that because, you know, especially when we have a guest, I get to watch it through new eyes. And I'm like, I really love this. I have fun with that. Yeah. It's a fun intro. Really and I always fun. notice new people that I didn't notice in the previous intro. Yeah. yeah. Be like, where's Waldo? You got to go through it. Oh, there's that. <laughs> oh, there's yeah. Tom King. Oh, is that John Oliver? Oh, okay. Yeah. Tom King and the NPC. I love the NPC. Just the lone gray npc meme just it's great yeah that was that was probably my favorite meme ever when that came out the npc which, which, which npc me which npc meme you're talking about just the concept of having a great npc npc guy as a meme and then just sure. and then and just kind of like putting it over that mentality like that they only have like a cer certain amount of scripts that they can repeat like they're yeah, just the same words the same phrases they use them in the most inappropriate moments because there's nothing else for them to respond to so yeah 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 exactly i was like they nailed it like because i would talk to people like in la you know uh and and you you in different completely different people different environments they would say the exact same words like not even no spin no individuality the oh, exact yeah, yeah, same yeah. talking points like every weird. every meeting every meeting that uh you know, that I sit through on Hollywood now we're doing it on Zoom. It's all the same phrases. You know, we get we got to promote diversity. We got to promote Latinx. We got to. It was just the same. Uh, I mean, I went through a meeting like that today. I was like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm with you, boss. Yeah. I mean, just it is what it is, right? It's just the same phrases. Well, how how knowledgeable are the people in Hollywood about you? You know, hanging out with the dregs of society like us. Yeah, yeah. Do they know I that you go on? I only think the dregs like Mr. Hidalgo are the only ones that know. <laughs> 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 themselves are the dregs of Hollywood that are at the bottom of the barrel are the only ones that have any idea this is happening. <laughs> so they don't know you go on like Nerdrotic and like, you know, the yeah, 8,000 like, people guess, watching and you just trash them like up and down. Well, look, I, I mean, look, I've got, now that I'm off Twitter, I still have Facebook and the, the, thankfully they're not, they weren't a lot of, of industry people following me on my new Twitter. They were a lot following the old one. They're like, hey, what are you talking about? But on my Facebook, I, I do have a lot of industry friends and, and so I, tr I do post some of the videos I've done on there, but I'm very selective about what I post, right? And uh, so, so, so far, nobody seems to, you know, I haven't gotten that call from my representative saying, hey, man, what are you doing? I haven't gotten that call yet from my agents or anybody okay. else. So, so I think we're okay. Even from the band, right. like no one that didn't come up? In what I'm sorry? Oh, like from, from the Twitter band. Uh, thank, like I said, my my reps thankfully weren't following me. They had no idea what was oh, going on. They didn't even know. <laughs> That's right. It's probably better that they weren't. God bless them. They're oh, wonderful man. people, and uh, I don't want to make their lives more difficult. But I I tend to do that. So that's pretty funny. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty funny. So shout yeah. out to your reps for 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 repping you. Shout out to yeah, no, like my manager. I've been with her sixteen years. Wow, right on. Sixteen years. Yeah, oh. I mean, yeah, it's like two thousand four. So what is that? That's what that's seventeen years now, right? Seventeen now. Yeah, we're in twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. So 17 years. I've been in town 20 years. So that's, I, she's been with me almost the entire journey. She's seen the entire thing up and down. Now, I'll, I'll give you a story. I love to give stories, right? Here's, here. Yes. I mean, yeah. But look, I mean, you ask a question of, you know, is, is my doing this? And, and so, you know, there are probably people out. I mean, there are people out there that don't like me anyway before any of this stuff, right? In the industry, right? So that that's the only reason I'm talking. I don't know. They already don't like me. It doesn't matter. But uh, recently, uh, there was a project I was up for that was brought to me by my wonderful manager, some really nice young producers uh, who had this very interesting project I really liked. And they got really excited about my pitch and take on it. Uh, and then 
you know, a few days later, I get, I get uh, this message from my manager saying they had pissed her off. I'm like, what do you mean they pissed her off? They said, you know, they were young producers. They didn't, they didn't really know what they were doing. And so, you know, after getting excited about having me potentially as the, the showrunner of the project, they decided to do the, the reference calls. And they saw, they said, call a couple people that don't like me, right? And so the guys, and so they heard some stuff they didn't like. And so immediately they're like, well, we want to get on the call. We're very concerned about Cameron Pasha. And my manager, who's been with me 17 years, she said, I'm not doing a call about my client. I know my client inside out. She said, I'm not interested in defending him. I know his moral character. I know his good points and his bad points. And if you have to shop around town to try to find some reason to create drama, we don't want to work with you. I mean, that's an incredibly loyal manager. Yeah. That's baller, man. Yeah, she just said, yeah. she said, she said, I'm not interested in having this call. I don't need to defend him. I've been with him almost 20 years. I know him. Wow. And I don't need to explain anything about him to you. Good for That's her. That's why she's my manager, right? Yeah. And Good we go you. loggerheads. Well, she's not, she's not, she's not, she's not yes woman. We go loggerheads, right? Sure. So that's why she knows me. But that Her it's only there was more of that kind of toughness. I mean, I know that there is that kind of toughness, but standing up to the moral codes kind of toughness in Hollywood. Like, yeah, I just don't. Probably something they heard. I mean, probably it's probably my politics. I don't think, I mean, you know, people, uh, you know, there's two things that upset people in, in town about. Well, there's three things. The thing that upsets me, number one, is that I'm a Muslim. They don't like that. I'm actually a practicing Muslim. They don't like that, number one. They don't like anyone who has any kind of religious faith, number one. Sure. Yeah. And Islam in particular, yeah. they don't like that. Number two, they don't, they don't like, my, uh, they don't like my, my politics, which, you know, like I said, I'm sort of a Malcolm X conservative. I'm a self-empowerment guy you who know, believes that the best way that the system ain't here for us minorities, and every time it pretends to be here for us, it's trying to, it's trying to control us. And the best way is to just have your Great. own power. That's my belief. And that's something that's really threatening to this town, which is all about, well, we're here for you, Mr. Brown man, right? Yeah. Like we're here, exactly what Malcolm said. You know, we're here to make you, we're here to put you in the in the house as a house slave, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. we'll yeah. the field and put you in the house and let you sleep in the basement, right? And uh, I'm not interested in that. And so that's really threatening. And so that, it's that kind of stuff that makes me adversaries. Yeah, that's interesting, man. There's so much of that kind of like exploitation, like in Hollywood, that's sort of like, you know, a power dynamic, like the absolute predatory nature of like actors, like just the, what actors represent, like they're, they're like cattle, you know, it's just oh, like, well, I mean, they're, they're, they're even movie stars are cattle, man. They don't have yeah. power. No. They create the illusion of having power. They don't. No, it's, and it's like the, the flood of them. It's like a fresh crop you know all the time and like the, the the amount of ways that they people uh like harvest and like prey on these just hopeful young people who just want to be there just want to work i mean the amount of money i've given to things like casting director workshops or just mm -hmm. you know new headshot printing and just all these things oh, so much hole, money a, the whole system is there to take the money of the young and the hopeful that's exactly right. And it's really, it's really an intense thing. And, you know, we were talking about this just before, but uh, Rogan, I guess he, this was a, maybe a few weeks ago was mm -hmm. on a, I had two people on his show. I, I don't know what they're called. I don't recognize them, but they're giant. They have like 500,000 subs. Yeah. Um, but mm -hmm. they, uh, it's the Breaking Points podcast or just okay. called Breaking Points with Crystal and Cigar. Uh, and I know them. The you hill. know them? They're from Hill. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Them. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, this got like a million views or whatever. But anyway, so they were, they asked the guy of a point blank question about, you know, what do people not understand about the way Hollywood operates? And it, he just broke it down. Like it was intense, man. But it was all kind of like he framed it from the acting point of view that there's just yeah. so many people coming there of hopefuls and that they'll basically say and do 
whatever it takes to just not get unliked and not get kicked out of the group and to uh, hopefully work. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, it's hard enough for a top movie star to break free and do something the system is against. Look, look, again, I don't have to get political here, and some of your audience or you guys may disagree with some of this stuff, but I'm just giving an example of Mark Ruffalo. Okay, Mark Ruffalo is a pretty left guy. He's Mr. Bernie guy, right? He's mm-hmm. always out there. Yeah. So he's, he's always pretty straight. He's like, I won't vote for Biden. I'm a Bernie guy. Right? He's that guy, right? Uh, and, and that's within the acceptable realm of discourse for Hollywood. You can be a Bernie guy, right? It's okay. You know, Susan Sarandon's Bernie. You can be okay. But then, you know, he's like, I'm pro-Palestine. 48 hours, like, well, I'm not that pro-Palestine. <laughs> he's just like, you know, so because that's the limit, right? That's the that's right. outside the, the framework of conversation within Hollywood, right? You can be left, you can be left on everything. You can't be left on that. Right. So in my opinion, right on that, because you know, it, you know, I think I have a pro-right issue on Palestine, which is on property rights. That's all the conversation. But yeah. the, the the thing is, that's the limit, right? And and that's the limit that even a movie star who's, I mean, he's a movie star. He's not, he used to be an indie actor. He's a movie star, right? Yeah. He can't cross that line. He's got, right. you know, same thing Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz came out and said some pro-Palestine stuff a couple years ago. 48 hours later, they're putting out a press release by their agents saying, no, 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 no. I don't believe any of that. I mean, that's, a, there's a, there's certain wow. lines in Hollywood that you don't cross. And yeah. because who I am, I'm already over on the other side of that line. Right. That's the problem, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, this I think crazy. Yeah, it's wild, but I think I think it's like what they talk about. Uh, kind of get roasted in the chat, but uh, what what they yeah the chat is going. I mean, we have some interesting chats line by. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Just to that point, though, real quick, just the Mark Ruffalo thing. It's like I think. It's almost every time they talk about politics, it's a virtue signal anyway. Like they're not really going to be like, hey, you know, the miners in Pennsylvania are really getting screwed. Like they don't give a shit. They're not really using their platform for anything other than getting more work. Right. So I think what happened when a few actors come out and were pro-Palestine, they're like, right, isn't that's what we think, right? We don't think that. Yeah, and oh, I don't and, think and that. the rest of the crowd is just silent. But they go, I'm gonna keep my mouth shut on this one, man. <laughs> my bread ain't buttered there. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. under Obama, it was a little cool to be pro-Palestine for a while. Like, remember he was like, but I mean, it became. <laughs> I know he's not, but it's what it's, I mean. What's cool is not what's real. So it just kind of became yeah. like a little more nuanced, you know. But not yeah, obviously yeah. not but, now. But again, and we don't have to make this about the Middle East. But I'm but I'm using that as an example of the limits of. Hollywood discourse, because, you know, again, we see, you know, when I was on Twitter, everyone's grumbling about the leftists in Hollywood. I'm like, they ain't as left as you think, buddy. Right. No, <laughs> they, they're not. They, no. They're fake woke. They're fake woke they they because it's about this, right? Yep. And it's about, it's yeah. about this, number one, but it's also about their own personal ideologies, which, as we have seen, if their personal ideologies conflict with this, personal ideology wins. Mm-hmm. That's the system. Yeah, that's it the interesting money thing. to preserve the, the narrative. It's an interesting I think that's the thing. most mind-boggling thing for like us as normal people who just I mean I, I know in math, but yeah, outside of no, no, a normal no, no, person. No. Uh and I was like, well, well, you guys are willing to cost yourself millions and, and in some cases billions of dollars or potentially billions of dollars, yeah, just to push ideology that you kind of only believe because you're supposed to. That's mind-boggling to me. Well, I mean, because you know, this is this town, the deepest purpose of this town is to control the narrative for humanity that's its deepest purpose mm. it create i mean it's creating narratives about who the good guys and the bad guys are what the right politics are you know it's created the narrative on gender issues in the last you know few years and it's trying to make the whole planet believe certain things and why that, 
I mean, it comes out of the the philosophy of sort of the powers that be currently, right? You know, and and that has evolved over time. It's generational. You know, if again using the example that always gets me in trouble, I already see some people grumbling about it in the chat. Whatever. So, <laughs> the Middle East, right? There's a wonderful, wonderful book, wonderful book called uh, An Empire of Their Own, which is the a story of the founding of Hollywood uh, by a Jewish writer about sort of the Jewish origins of Hollywood, which talks about, you know, this was a, a the Hollywood is founded but largely by essentially shoe salesmen from Brooklyn who mm -hmm. had been sort of pushed out of, you know, they weren't allowed into New York haughty taught society, the opera and all that, right? And so they ended up creating vaudeville and they ended up coming to Hollywood, right? And these people, their goal, you know, we're talking about the Louis Mayers and all those guys. Their goal was very simple. As shoe salesmen who suddenly decided, let's make it, let's make movies, their goal was to give the audience what it wanted and not to create any drama. They were they were audience oriented when Hollywood was founded, right? So they're like, you know, most of these guys were probably, you know, secular atheists like everybody working in town, but they're like, audience wants Bible stories, we're gonna give them. Turn Command was a silent film, right? Right, right. <laughs> the 1920s, right? Yeah. So we're going to give them, you know, we're going to give them Jesus movies and we're going to give them what they want, right? And the book talks about how in the 1930s and 40s, uh, the sort of European Zionist movement came to Los Angeles and attempted to raise money for like, let's have Jewish immigration to Palestine, right? And that was, and Louis Mayer and all those guys kicked them out. They wouldn't let them organize here. Wow. They said, wow. we don't want, and this fascinating because so we don't want any, the student mayor, the, the studio heads were like, we don't want no drama with the Middle East. We don't, we're, we want to sell movies to these Arab countries. Egypt is a big market for us, right? We, we are not interested. Right. At the time, Palestine was a market. They had a really nice theater in Jaffa. And so like, huh. we're not interested in any of this stuff, right? And they kicked these guys out of LA. Right. They said, we're not going to let you organize. We're not because we're, we just want to we just want to make money and give the market what it wants. We're not interested in any drama in the Middle East. That changed a couple of generations later. And suddenly it became ideological for generations after that, certainly after 1967, the generation that started in the 70s. And they're still the guys in control. Right. You know, the guy we're talking about. The end, what we're seeing is the end of that generation, sort of that generation that started with young Spielberg was a young man, right? Mm -hmm. generation, And that generation is coming to its final ending point with all the drama that's happened at Lucasfilm with Kathleen Kennedy, who was from that generation, right? So we're yeah. seeing the end of a generation, but that generation, the 70s onward, had its own politics. And now it is, those politics have sort of reached the place where they're overripe and they're spoiled mm. <laughs> and they're being yeah, shoved yeah, yeah. around still. So we're at the end of a generation, just like the 70s was the end of this uh, of the first generation. The first generation of Hollywood was essentially 1930s. You know, uh, you know, when we went into talkies, when we went off the modern uh, into modern film from silence, 1930s to 1970s, about 40 years, right? So the second generation is the same, about 40 years, 70s into 2010s is when we see Lucasfilm acting as crazy as it does, and so now we're seeing the beginning of the third generation. It's just starting. I see. That's really I interesting. Do... Mm -hmm. Sorry, go I do ahead, want to man. talk to you. There's a lot to talk about, but uh, I'm, I'm sorry to chat that I missed so much, but I do want to get to Super Chat. Shout out to Gogo, -Go, a.k.a. the if Brandon the Infinite Wolf. He just says, awesome to see Cameron Pasha on the show, and he misses you on Twitter. Take care. Uh, I, I miss me on Twitter too, but guys, I think I'm I think I'm done. I miss the beautiful girls. I'm not going to lie. I miss <laughs> them, but I think I'm done, both because it is a hostile place, and also, I, I actually have stuff I'm working on. Like people always say, "Man, you're on Twitter, got nothing." I, no, I actually am developing shows and pitching. I was, I did a major pitch this morning. I got other stuff going on. Just finished a pilot. I'm like, actually, got to focus on that. So I think I'm going to be off Twitter. I'm happy to continue yeah. doing this stuff, but I think Twitter is a pretty destructive place. 
So what's your philosophy on working in Hollywood? Because like, I mean, I didn't have like a career to leave. Like I never really, it never clicked. I never really did the right things. I was never in like the rooms of the real conversation. I was always just begging for scraps. And occasionally I'd get a few hundred bucks to act for a day. But that was, you know, basically I was a better than a lot of people, brother. (laughs) Yeah, I was working 10 years just down. Don't even got that. Yeah, it's wild. It's a, it's a wild thing, but I ultimately, I think, I mean, I left for a lot of reasons, personal reasons, as far as like, I wasn't really enjoying just never working and stuff like that. But philosophically, I was kind of like, I don't really want to spend all this money, all this time, all this effort to ultimately make propaganda that I'm really not even that interested in and to have to conform to this town that like, I don't even feel like I'm a part of. So it's like, what's your, what's your philosophy as far as like working in Hollywood and moving forward, like from here? Well, my philosophy is very simple. This is what I'm supposed to do with my life. I've discovered I'm really good at this and it's very easy for me, right? And it's something I really enjoy. That doesn't mean the process of getting work is easy. The process of writing and that's something very natural for me, which I discovered. It's it's what I'm meant to do, right? Mm. Uh, and now that I found it and I'm, you know, I'm let's I'm I'm not 20 years old anymore. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life as long as I'm able to, right? Uh, and so my philosophy is I've been sent here like a spiritual person. I believe I've survived here 20 years with adversaries shutting me down somehow because I have some kind of purpose, right? So I got to believe that whatever stories I have to tell are part of a bigger sort of cosmic plan that because these stories ain't being told, right? The stories that I want to tell and I have told are stories that the town resists for its own reasons. And they're stories that I think are of value to humanity. So I got to keep plugging away because every time I want to give up, Every time I want to quit and, you know, move back to the East Coast where, you know, my sisters are or whatever and start over, maybe become a professor or whatever. Every time that becomes like, all right, it's not working out. There's a new break. Mm-hmm. Literally often at the moment, I'm like, got to start looking for a new kind of field. The break comes and a new job comes, a new project comes. It's, it's happened a dozen times when I'm about to give up, my next break comes. So I mm-hmm. feel like I'm being guided to do yeah. this. And that's I gotta flow with it. So word, yeah, no, I respect that, hundred percent. You know, I I heard yeah. that I've heard that similar thing before, and I noticed it didn't happen to me. <laughs> you have another purpose. Yeah. You have another purpose, right? And right. So you know, I had other purposes that didn't work out. I was a journalist for a while. I really loved that. Right. I could have had a very fulfilling life as a journalist. Uh, I, I then I went to law school and business school. I worked as a lawyer. Didn't like that at all. I lasted maybe eighteen months before, thank God, I got into screenwriting. Right. So uh, we. Not every purpose we think we have is what we're supposed to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's very interesting, man. Um, you're, you're, you're like very, I, I really like your mind and like the spiritual stuff that you talk about. Like I saw on Unsafe Space, it was an episode with yeah, you, Gary. Yeah. yeah. And then like, I think the two dudes were like atheists or whatever. And like that. Yeah, there was the two gentlemen that one of them is an actor, pretty well known actor. And then both of them were like sort of ganging up. And I love those guys, but they're all like, they're all pretty aggressive atheists. And they're we're all yeah. on the thing because we're all sort of libertarian, freedom minded pedo. Carrie's a, Carrie's a sort of born again Christian now, right? She's found Christ okay. and it's right. very important to her. And yeah. so Carrie and I connect as religious people. And we got these two buddies of ours, you know, who aren't religious, right? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and we had a profound conversation about that because often I feel, especially, you know, people who call themselves atheists, you know, I'm like, well, what do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. I mean, and you actually get it's down to it. They're question. actually not materialists. There's a materialist mm-hmm. philosophy that life is you know, not actually real, that consciousness is just a byproduct of random electrons, that there's no, you know, that our feelings of love, emotion, art is all just an illusion. That's a philosophy people say with their lips. I've never met anybody who believes that. No. No. I don't think I recently heard. Please, Vich, go ahead. No, I recently heard an analogy to what, this is this man's interpretation of atheists. He said, 
atheists are a lot like people with a, a father that they're estranged from saying they don't have a dad. That's in, that's in that they're they're angry wow. at whatever religion is or whatever religious experience. Some had a really negative experience with a religious person mm-hmm. at one point, and they're channeling that anger. But if you really talk to them, because once you say you're spiritual, now you're then then what do you mean you're an atheist? Talk, right? Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. I believe and, in the universe. Yeah, that's I what I, I believe in. I think our atheists are like serial killers, right? I mean, because, you know, if you really believe that we don't, our consciousness isn't real, right? It's just a byproduct of random electrons and that there is no morality. It's because we're just, we're just animals living in a world that's randomly created. Do whatever the hell you want. You can get away. Why would you even care? Why would you, why would you even have the feeling to end up the same place, which is nothingness, right? Which is nothing. It doesn't exist, right? Yeah, Yeah, I know. When you, when you die, you're not even going to remember anything. There's no consciousness. So do whatever you can. You're going to end up the same place. That's why nobody except a completely mentally ill, you know, psychopathic killer believes that. Yeah. And I think when you talk to a lot of atheists, it's interesting. Like they have faith in their atheism. Well, they it is really, a religion. I mean, because it's, it's a belief statement. It it is, <laughs> and you yeah. hear them like the way they talk about it. It's like they don't. It's like, well, there's nothing to prove it. It's like there's nothing to disprove it. Like it's just it's just like all this yeah, stuff. That's and not science. I mean, stating yeah. there. I mean, I mean, again, but like you know what I mean. Like but they're, they're not. They're just. It's bullshit. Like it's the, it's their belief system that they have faith in. It's it's like it's this like, entire universe with all of its wonder and its its perfect harmony and everything just randomly came about. Okay, that's a belief system. There's no reason to believe that that's true. Right. That's for me. It's less likely that that is true than there is a conscious yeah. mind behind this. <laughs> that that's yeah. more likely than this is all random and it just works perfectly. That's I, less likely to be. Yeah, and it's like I mean, if you believe in evolution, like a lot of theists are like, or atheists are like, you know, evolution, evolution. It's like, okay, fine, evolution. Yeah, but but it's process. like that's maybe, a, maybe, maybe if something a, evolves geez. over billions of years, though, like it creates, it becomes like free of its body and becomes a super powerful mind or something across the the universe. Who knows? I'm just saying, like the idea that you have all the fucking answers because you thought about it for a little bit. Yeah, is that's, and that's annoying. the that's the materialist philosophy which is that only what matter that I can sense with my five senses can be real. Mm-hmm. Dogs can hear things you can't hear, man. Cockroaches, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about? That's good a good point. point. Yeah, I like Real that quick point. Chat, uh, see Gogo who sent the super chat, just sent the only super chat so far. He's leaving, yeah. so peace out, Gogo. And hello, Snorter Poop is Q-Burr. Hello. Our favorite, our favorite polar bear, who's mm-hmm. this chest and not coming up because everything's crashing. There you go. Hello, Snort Poopers. Hello, yeah, uh, Richard. Yeah, we could say hello to the chat for a little bit. We kind of been ignoring yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, the chat. I, I, I appreciate it. I see there's here. some lovely ladies in the chat, too. It's not just a sausage fest. I'm thinking. I'm seeing some. Yeah. Isn't girl? Everyone. Oh, isn't girl? Hail. Uh, I think she was here at one point. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm making her up. <laughs> it, sometimes it is a sausage fest. Yeah. And uh, Cinch and Dildo, who's our favorite troll, I believe at one point. <laughs> Yeah, I, know I know he's a little bit of a troll. Is it? Is yeah. He, like, is he? That's his shit, or is it like a joke? It's a joke. Like he's just having it's, fun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he yeah, just I'm likes because I've yeah. been on things where people attack me personally in the chat, and I've learned to just ignore it. He's not yeah. really attacking me personally. He's just making comments. I was like, is this? Is this? What's his? Deal? No, he's just salty. Yeah, he's, he's just a sarcastic. He's arguing asshole. with stream elements. He's not to be taken seriously. Yeah, I I yeah. invite. I well, like I'm salty too, and I have like I'm from the East Coast, so I have this kind of like harsh like sense of humor. So I basically kind of gravitate towards that. Like people come to me, and, like it's like yeah. so I, I say shit, and I, I catch a lot of shit, and that's basically what Sension told those entire things about. Like for instance, he says, Matt, I'm not sure the porn industry is considered Hollywood. Yeah. So- <laughs> you know, I will say this: 
I living in LA, I've met a few people in the adult industry and they're all very nice people. Yes, nice, I've had the same experience. Normal people. They're more normal than the Hollywood people I interact with. You That's know, interesting. I did decent human beings, everyone that I've ever met. I did date a girl who that's a nut every oh, day. Oh, you dated a porn star? I want to hear that. I want to get this story now. I want to yeah. hear this. Uh -oh. Normal's not how I would have described her. No, she was actually yeah, like a lot of emotional. socializing and then there's like, you know, what's going on in private life. It's sure. Yeah. No, I actually, but from a social point of view, just like meeting and hanging out with them, they're actually, I find them to be way more pleasant, way easier to deal with. Because, because they're not uptight about anything. I mean, they, they, they put yes. everything out there. They have no illusions. They have no, Hollywood we're talking about is everyone's trying to create a fake image. These mm -hmm. people, the only thing fake is their is their stage name. Everything else is out there. Right? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. 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 No, she was uh, she. She had some issues, but yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm not saying in personal life they they tend to be as complicated as the actresses I've dated. Right? Yeah. So yeah, whatever. Yeah. Where Where are you from originally, Cameron? Born in Pakistan. Uh, came to Brooklyn, New York when I was three years old, and grew up in Brooklyn, and moved to LA twenty years ago. So, oh no, shit! I didn't know you're living yeah, in Brooklyn. Yeah, right I'm on. Brooklyn. A lot, of, a lot of filmmakers come out of Brooklyn. It's a very creative environment. Yeah, yeah. A lot of different ethnicities thrown together. I mean, it's it's what Hollywood pretends to be. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I went to high school. My classmates were Puerto Rican, Italian, African-American, and Jewish, right? And they're all people in the neighborhood. And you grow and you learn from each other. That's what Hollywood pretends to be. That's yeah. Brooklyn is. There was a podcast for a while. They just stopped it for whatever reason. But it's called The History Hyenas. Have you ever heard of Chris Stefano or Giannis Papas? Yeah, I actually have, yeah. Yeah, and they're both out of Brooklyn. Yeah, they're both out of Brooklyn or Queens in Brooklyn, that area. But they're hilarious. And you hear guys like from that kind of neighborhood where it is genuinely like culturally rich. Like mm -hmm. they have no time for any of this bullshit. Yeah, because, you know, when you when you hang out in a place like Brooklyn, where your next door neighbor is a Hasidic Jew and the guy over there is a, a, a Puerto Rican kid or a Dominican kid, like whose parents are from like the Dominican Republic, right? Just showed up, right? You don't have time for any nonsense, man. You just see people. Yeah. You know, and you understand they're different. The Hasidic people are doing their thing. The Dominican kid's doing his thing, but you're all in the same school together. So you got to right. deal with that. When you're actually exposed to different cultures and then you actually have a comfort with it instead mm -hmm. of like a stance on it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, exactly. Well, there's no, there's no, there's nothing you have when you're living it. You don't have to talk about it. Hollywood yeah. isn't living it. As you know, from LA, this is the most segregated city I've ever been in, man. I live in Santa Monica. If I see an African-American dude in the street, I'm like, Hey man. And yeah. It's the first time I've seen an African American dude here in like two weeks, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's 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 this is a segregated city. Hundred percent. Like that's the thing I always say. And I, I wrote a short play or a short uh, film about the kind of about that. It was just sort of a one line. But I had the girl like was in the middle of like this argument with this guy that was hitting on her, and she just kind of like said, "I'm not uptight. I'm I'm conservative," and just like had this like it was like a revelation, just sort of like this moment where she's like, "Oh, but but no, I'm not." Like it was just like, and that's. Of these people that I met out in Hollywood, like they are very conservative, like just not in like the traditional political sense, but they, you know, well, they they're very self-righteous. Yeah, they're, they're self-righteous. You know, and, and, you know, they they are very, they're conservative in the way we think of, you know, the, uh, the in 1950s, you know, creating an image for the, for the neighborhood, for the neighbors. Yes. That's how they're conservative. Mm. Right? Yes. The believe it, you got to make everybody believe you're June Cleaver when you're and actually hosting very... like gangbang parties, whatever, but you can't let people know. <laughs> right. like that, Obviously right? that part, but they're very exclusive, like with who they how let else are people going to get roles. I'm What's sorry? that? So how else are people going to get roles if there's no gangbang party? I guess that's, yeah, you know, but that's another part of this, this town is, you know, the, the absolute horrific dark side of this town going back, going back, to the uh to the silent film man you know there's the dark side of me too is 
you know, the casting couch and 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 prostitution for roles. Mm-hmm. That's been going on since yeah. 1910. It's going on today without revealing names. The producer was telling me about a major actor slash actress. I won't even reveal the gender who was, you know, who got who had recently you know, banged a friend of theirs. Right. To get the role. Mm. That was like a few days ago. I mean, wow. and the producer knows about it because a friend told him because it's normal. It's still mm-hmm. normal. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's normal. It's an interesting dynamic because it's it's there's there's just so much power worship in that town that it's just these people kind of live like untouched, like these little kings. You know what I mean? And they just like they can just crush you if they want. And I, you know, oh, they can I, crush you. I mean, yeah. that's the thing people don't understand. You know, one of the dumb fights I got into, I got kicked off of Twitter because of some lawyers didn't like what I was posting. Some lawyers that were like working for the social media guys, you know, didn't like what I was posting. They came after me, and and then, but yeah, being a former lawyer myself, I I I was like, I don't have any respect for you clowns. I was you guys, right? I know you guys, <laughs> right? So I went. They, lawyers don't like having anybody mock their profession. I'm like, oh, buddy, I was one of you, right? One of the biggest law firms in LA, in New York. So let's not screw around. But whatever. Yeah. But but you know. You know, I, the thing that uh, that I was trying to point out to them is that, you know, you guys don't scare me because I've worked with some of the scariest people in town. People don't understand that. So one of these dumb lawyers attacked me. He's like, hey, man, my client's like a multiple murderer, right? You think you think well, I'm afraid? I was like, your client is a killer behind bars who is who you meet with in a room with guards. So you're safe. My people I've worked with are people that can have your brake lines cut and killed and the and the and the LAPD you know will cover that up for them and maybe yeah. they had that done and so I'm like you don't understand what you're dealing with I'm actually working with mobsters with mobsters you're working with with guys that are in handcuffs I'm yeah. working with people that they don't like what you're doing the couple of phone calls your life can be ruined or ended and that sounds crazy, but I'll give you a story. You guys, I'll story. I'll give you a story. I love a story, Cameron. There are okay. people in the chat making eyes wide shut references earlier, so that, that, yeah, I was about Kubrick, so it doesn't sound crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you know, and, and God bless him. Stanley Kubrick passed away mysteriously right after he making that movie. Right? What a coincidence! You know, whatever. Bad timing, I guess. Nobody Bad knows. Timing. You know, it's, it's it's one of those movies. You're like, there's no reason to make this movie. Why are you making this movie? But he made this wow. movie, and suddenly, boom, he's gone. So whatever. Yeah. But you know, this is. A major, major producer I'm working with who has multiple Oscar nominations, right? Big, one of the biggest players in town. So his partner told me this story because this guy, this guy's, this guy's a nice guy. But he's one of these guys that can really mess up your career if you, if you, if you crossed him, right? And uh, and he told me, oh, he's not the most dangerous guy in this town. His partner, his partner, so his producing partner is like, he's not the most dangerous guy in this town. Let me tell you a story of that one time this producer, Oscar nominated producer, was working on a project and there was a. There was an actor they wanted who had already committed to a deal with one of the, the a, a big project that was championed by one of the studio heads, right? Uh, and so he basically tried had to talk with that actress. Maybe you can get out of that project and come to mine instead, right? Because that thing's like it's not look like it's moving, right? He gets a phone call from the studio head, calls him and says, "I hear trying to steal my actor. Let me explain something to you. You don't fuck with me. You fuck with me, I'm going to have your brake lines cut and you're going to die." Right. And that wasn't the hyperbole threat of people on Twitter or random big shot lawyers saying, I want to ruin your life. It's a guy saying, look, I know, you know, I got Mossad agents working for me. We'll take care of this. You don't fuck with my actor. And he hung up. He said the producer walked out. He said, it's the only time I've ever seen my partner literally said I for the first time understood the idea of of having the blood drain from your face. He said he was pale as a ghost. He said, yeah, we're not we're we're done. We're no no more communication with that actor because he's like, that's going to have me killed. 
right? Holy people shit. People don't understand. That's the world we live in. And if you go read old books like Hollywood Babylon that tell the stories of, you know, you know, like Clark Gable and all those scandals from the 30s and 40s, that's this mm. is not new. This is this is like I'm revealing some shocking thing. It's like, oh yeah, yeah they killed people in the 30s and they stopped doing it now. <laughs> yeah, Marilyn Monroe was very suspicious. Like, how did oh, she swallow the obituaries? I absolutely I'm a you know what I mean? fan, and she was absolutely killed, in my opinion. Jesus Christ, Cameron. <laughs> oh, by the way, allegedly, allegedly, I would like to wake up tomorrow. My brake lines are damn near cut on their own, so you're like, I just my stating my belief. Uh, you know, yeah, beliefs and opinions. Even though I believe right. my beliefs and opinions, and yes, I, I don't believe Ms. Monroe overdosed. I don't believe that. Don't well, believe let me. So this is an interesting thing because I, I was like, now I'm like, I had this. Okay, so you know the book Easy Riders and Raging Bulls. Sure. Yeah. So it's yeah. a good book. Yeah, I thought so too. But I also thought that the director really, or the writer really, felt like he had like an axe to grind because he wrote the other one, mm -hmm. uh, like a few years later about like the '90s cinema stuff like that, like the rise of. I didn't read that book. So was there a market difference in, in that one? Not in tone, like it's just kind of the same. It's just detailing, like you know, Redford and Tarantino and their, but like they to me, after a while, I'm like, this kind of feels like a hit piece. Like, it just feels like, are is every single person involved a sh piece of shit? Like, how could, how could, well, they never did anything nice ever? And I'm like, well, maybe now I'm like, oh, maybe actually they are. I don't know. What's your, what's your, like reading those books? Cause it's like, the it people pays. Are, people are pieces of shit when they feel they need to achieve something. Otherwise, they're perfectly nice people. Hmm. You know, there's a few people that are just pieces of shit all the time, right? And they have, you know, they just they just want to show you their power. And you know, one of them recently got into a lot of drama over that. Very famous producer who was infamous. I've known for 20 years that he, you know, you walk in, he doesn't like you, he throws a staple at your head, right? Whatever. And so, uh, you know, but those are those are the guys that just want to, you know, show off their balls or whatever. Most of these guys are perfectly nice people until you are a problem for them in some way, and then they'll do. This is a mafia. They'll do what needs to be done, and they and they'll do as whatever they are capable of doing within their power structure. Harvey Weinstein wasn't very powerful. Harvey Weinstein, you know, when his accusers came after him, he hired like Black Cube as a famous sort of, you know, it's it's actually it's like former Mossad, as if anyone's former Mossad, like former CIA. You're not former, but it's a bunch of former yeah. Mossad guys. Black Cube, which is a a private detective agency in Los Angeles, is a bunch of former Mossad people. And he hired them to sort of get dirt on his accusers. That's a mid-level move. You know, there's people in this mm. town that we all know, or at least rumors-wise, I haven't witnessed them do it myself, but we all know that they're doing terrible things, including terrible things to children, right? Anybody mm. who's witnessed that, who speaks up, will be killed. That's high-level move. Harvey Weinstein wasn't high-level. That's why he's in jail. The people who are doing the really horrific crimes, they're going to go to jail. <laughs> you know, you try to do you can try to talk about that. I mean, the, it it is it, it's like the CIA. It's hard for people to believe that this is real until you enter into this world and you realize, hey, this 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 is kind of real. That's and wild, man. But you know, you know what I was saying though? The stories, right? They're real. Yeah. The past five years, that's become a lot more believable. Like, if you would have told me this in 2010, yeah, I'd be like, whoa, man, this is crazy. But now. And even like I tried to do music a while ago, and I remember having a, a friend who said certain rappers basically propositioned him. He was already signed, but if he wanted to go further, he yeah, was yeah. like, "Hey, yeah, end of business with him." I yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, and so it, I, I tell you, I got this. It's even a little more smoke and gun. I'm, I'm not gonna mention the guy's name, but it's we like, yeah, we don't need to yeah. Get there, but it, yeah, again, we yeah. want to wake up. 
But let's just say, you know, one of the most powerful agencies in the history of Hollywood, I worked a party at his house and uh, or her house, whomever this person was. And there was a picture there with them at the CIA. Why? Why on earth would that be? It's like it, it's like. Oh, well, oh, well, I mean, I mean, I know for I know for a fact work a more about that kind of stuff than I'm interested in talking about publicly. But there's right. a great, you know, because if you look at my if you look at my IMDb, I've worked on a lot of shows like Sleeper Cell, like Nikita, and all these shows that deal with spies. I've worked with Oliver ah. Stone. Let's just say that I know more about that than it's safe for me to talk about. But what you can, there's a wonderful book called uh, The CIA in Hollywood, which is by a professor. She's a professor at the University of Texas who's done a historical study of this of the intelligence agency's influence in Hollywood, going back to the OSS in World War II. I mean, like Casablanca was- They an OSS started party. Hollywood. I mean, they were a huge part of it from the beginning. Well, I mean, our modern intelligence is really something from, from World War II, right? The OSS, uh, you know, there was, it, and so that, but you know, before there was just gangsters running Hollywood, and then World War II, the OSS gets involved because they want to, you know, the Casablanca is actually one of the best movies ever made. is essentially a propaganda piece because America wasn't in World War II, people didn't want to get involved, and Casablanca mm-hmm. was essentially a propaganda piece being pushed by the OSS to get Americans to feel patriotically involved in, uh, in, in, in the war, and you know, the Japanese sort of, you know, events that happened got us into the war, but you had to get people public opinion there. So. Huh. And then, to that, that's in the OSS. That's before CIA, and the CIA in 1947 comes into being. Um, you know, so yeah, the by the by the time of the 30s and 40s, you, movies have become a global phenomenon that influenced the world how it see things. It's natural for anybody who wants to influence public opinion to control it. It's just natural. Yeah, I guess that makes yeah. sense. All right. Huh. One yeah. CIA agent if you didn't control Hollywood. Why would this is like a gold mine? Why wouldn't you? Yeah, that's right. True. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When you've got these kinds of characters, when you've got all kinds of files on all their private activities, you got more than enough leverage on all these characters, right? So yeah. yeah, that's interesting. So like like how do you how how can you as you, Cameron, you being a writer, you being a showrunner and all this stuff, yeah. how do you manage to do you work like with it? Do you just say like, do you give them just enough so that you get to keep doing your thing or are you uncompromising about how much influence comes into your shows or how do you, how do you live and work in an industry that like, as you're describing, is this like horror show? Well, most people will just absolutely go along with whatever the power structure is and they have easier journeys than I do. Right. The ones who actually become the active mouthpieces for propaganda, whether it's intelligence agency propaganda, whether it's, political party propaganda, or whether it's some weird occult secret society that wants to program people propaganda. If you, if you're like, yeah, man, I'll do that. You go up pretty fast. Right. If you're like, you come across, you're like, okay, uh, yeah, sure boss, I'll do it. But you're like, you know, then you're sort of mid-level and you Mm -hmm. do okay. And, uh, if you're like me, you hold to your principles, which creates drama in your life. Yeah. Uh, just another red shirt has a great point. Um, and this is something I, I've said and I kind of even reference the intelligence agencies using Hollywood might explain Hollywood accounting. Yeah, there's a lot yeah, of a lot of money without insight because Hollywood accounting is, is a black hole. No one understands it in the same way that intelligence intelligence budgets are a black hole. They're the same. Thing. Yeah, there's like I, I heard an estimate of the actual intelligence budget and it's so much more than we spend as a country. It's like far like 
like 10 times, like literally 10 times what we think we spend as a country. Yeah, just well, you, you remember, most people don't remember this, but on September 10th, 2001, the day before September 11th, uh, Donald Rumsfeld did, you can see it on YouTube, it's there. Donald Rumsfeld did a press re- conference where he announced that something like $2 trillion was missing from the Pentagon's budget. And you know, and didn't know what happened. To I do remember that. that and then the next day, you have September 11th, and all the people in the accounting department that were actually looking into that. 24 yep. hours later, they're all dead, right? Yes, I did know that. Two trillion dollars goes missing. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow! It's funny how that happens. It is what it is. Yeah. Look, I mean, the thing the, the, is, I just came to this town. I came to this town to make movies, TV shows, and hang out with pretty girls. That's why I came to town. And then I got thrown in the middle of this crap. Yeah. No, <laughs> so I mean, that I just, was. I want to go back to the the innocent person I was. Honest to God, dude, that was the whole thing. I was like, you know, I like The Matrix. I like Star Wars. You know what I mean? I want to go have fun and make movies and be an actor. And, you know, like, and then it's just you, you what it is, like what it, what your life is, your day, even just a day to day life, not even this nefarious grand stuff. It's just yeah. like the, the, the uncomfortable grind of this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like Rogan on that, sent, uh, that interview with well, tell me people. more about this Rogan thing. What did he say? Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you want to read the article, Vich? Yeah, we can just we'll, we'll yeah. go through that. I want to, I want to, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But I do have one. I have actually have it. Okay. Up. Right. But before I get, before we get into it, just one question that I've been wondering is there any way, like, out of it. What I mean is, is there any way for independent Hollywood to even be a thing with with people this powerful? I can, and I, I mean, obviously, I don't think anything could be as big as Hollywood is. But because I, I feel like we'll never get good storytelling if it's left up to Hollywood, they're incapable of doing it now. And so, is it possible for? Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Comics Gate, but a similar thing to happen with films where you have mm-hmm. these this crowdfunded thing and this independent movement of film. Could that even be a thing with the current Hollywood? And then we can get into the Rogan thing. That's the economics of a comic book are very different than the economics of a feature film. Very true. And so the very problem, you, you, I mean, I've seen some of these, like, it looks are, you know, the people that are crowdfunding comic books, and they're raising 100000 300000 even $600,000 I've seen, right? God bless them, right? Um, yeah. That's nothing. I mean, you can't even make a small yeah. short, you can maybe make a make a short film with that if you used a union crew, right? Uh, and you actually paid mm-hmm. them rates. And so... Uh, you know, it, you know, TV shows, small crappy TV shows of a budget of two million an episode, right? And ten episodes like at twenty million dollars, right? And then that's a TV yeah. show. That's a, and you can't. It's it's almost impossible to independently finance a TV show because it's such a locked in structure of distribution in TV. There is some ability to finance independently movies because it's a different kind of distribution system with the theaters and YouTube and other stuff, right? So there is a way to do that. Uh, very few people have the resources to do it. Those that have the resources to do it tend to be morons. You know, I've I've come across, <laughs> my experience. I mean, I've come across this standard Saudi prince jackass, right? Who's like, hey, he comes into town, you know, and he's like throwing around his money and you know this Lamborghini at the end, and he's like, you know, I meet you at the parties, and I want to be a movie producer, and you know, and yeah, his his dad is a Saudi prince, and he could write a check for a hundred million dollars, right? But all those guys are scumbags. They're the dumbest people on earth, right? And, <laughs> and, and, and every one of those guys. And so when you meet those guys, when you meet those guys, they, you know, and be, you know, people attract what's like them. So whenever you meet these clowns at a party, the Saudi prince is always surrounded by like the sleaziest garbage fraudster person. Like there's a crowd of 
the most fraudulent people in Hollywood always surround those people like like you know in peanuts you got pig pig pen is surrounded by a cloud of like dirt right uh-huh yeah. prince is surrounded by these cloud of fraud because they themselves are like these guys who didn't are frauds basically you know their great grandfather made a deal with the British for oil and shit and they couldn't read or write and suddenly they're billionaires right so those clowns and I'm not I mean I I've met with a dozen of these guys over 20 years and they each lead to nightmares i mean i just had one such incident where i walked away from a saudi project three months ago that would have been millions of millions of dollars actually millions of dollars if i did it but i hated these people so much and (laughs) what they wanted me to do was reprehensible to me as a muslim they wanted me to do a historical project that i felt was going to disrespect some islamic figures and i was so horrified i said guys i can't as a I can't do this. They're mm. like, what are you you're gonna walk away from money? I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna disrespect my religion, which in theory you share, but you don't. <laughs> you know, I just that was three months ago, and it was yeah. like, here's, here's a few million bucks. You want to do this? I said, no, I don't actually want to do that. I'll take the millions of bucks, but I don't want to do that. So this is what we want to do. So those, those characters, so t- those characters are still out there, and they're making bad stuff, or they're oh, they never make anything. Their money goes to fraudsters and it vanishes. Yeah. Then there's a few people like uh, Mel Gibson. And we can argue, and Mel Gibson is a complex person. You know, he's got yeah. some real issues that he needs to deal with, but he's a brilliant filmmaker. Yeah. And, you know, he made The Passion of the Christ, which the town didn't want to do, right? They thought they he shut should. it down. And he financed it from a personal checkbook of $30 million. And the movie made a billion dollars worldwide, of which a substantial portion of that ended up in his pocket, right? And then when he did that, yeah. he went from being persona non gratis to being everyone in this town loved him again, right? Because yeah. they wanted to take back control of that revenue stream. Uh, and so you got a few people like that that have the the ability to do it, but then you know, but again, they got their demons. I mean, how how much of that is 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 Mel Gibson going to be able to do? Right, he's got his own personal demons which the town can use to control you. Mm-hmm. Well, what about like yeah. Ben Shapiro? Like he's got his thing with like Gina Carano over the Daily Wire. Like, yeah, yeah I don't. I, yeah, yeah. I love Gina Carano. I don't like Mr. Shapiro for personal reasons. Right, I don't like his policies and a lot of stuff. But yeah. I, on yeah. a practical level. Miss Carano is wonderful, right? Yeah. And she's going to succeed with or without that guy. She doesn't need that guy. But right. Shapiro, I've never believed in this Daily Wire thing, and I've been very vocal about it because, mm-hmm. you know, he's not going to get credible people. You know, Gina Carano is what I said. Person, yeah? I mean, you're not even Mel Gibson's not going to be the one associated with this guy, right? Gina doesn't care yeah. what anybody thinks. So she's going to do whatever she wants, and she doesn't need him. Whereas other people will be like, I don't want to. I'm not going to cross the line. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to associate because they make one movie with Ben Shapiro and then they don't make another movie ever again for the rest of their lives. So he might be a good cruise, but crews tend to be a little more conservative than actors, as you know, right? They're, they're salt of the earth people, right? They're the only time for nonsense. But the movie isn't the, you have the crew, God bless them. They're not on camera and you get people to actually, it's not because you know, there's, 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 as I have friends who are devout Christians in this town who are always grumbling about the Christian market, aside from Mel Gibson making you know Passion of the Christ, most of it is direct to DVD garbage. That's garbage. Like, garbage. It's so and like, bad it's and on different. the nose. It makes Hallmark look like fucking Fellini. It's yes. just it's there's un yeah. you can't believe how bad they are. Yeah, and it's insulting to people of faith. Like I as a believer watch this. Yeah. I'm not a Christian. I'm like what is this crap? Mm-hmm. You know, it's degrading because the the people that are least sophisticated in Hollywood are the ones that are going to do that, right? The sophisticated yeah. people are like, I don't want to be associated with Christianity. I'm out with that, right? They don't want Tom Hanks yeah. in those movies, right? And so, you know. And they're also, they're bad. Like, they're just so bad. They're misguided. It's ham-fisted. It's like, it reads like someone's first screenplay in, in college. It's just like, yeah, oh. exactly. It's always preachy weirdo stuff. It's like, yeah, I was like, 
Jesus was a more effective preacher than this. What is this crap? Yeah, he's <laughs> yes, more convincing than this script. <laughs> so, it's like it's like that uh, that King of the Hill joke where it's like you're not making Christianity better, you're making rock worse. It's like you know with yes. Christian rock, it's like you're not yes. making movies better. Yeah. So, but but that's that's the problem. And so no, that I don't believe that there will ever be any kind of contender to Hollywood. Uh, I think there will be a few good independent things made. Uh, but they will remain outliers just because of the economics of the system. Uh, mm. That doesn't mean good stuff won't be made within the system. I'm still there. And yeah. I haven't yeah. given sure. up my principles. You yeah. know, you know, right now I've got a project which I'm going out with, which I will keep silent because I've tended to talk about things and not make them happen. But I'm very yeah, proud yeah. of it. It's cool. and it's a project I've developed for several years. And I'm very hopeful. You know, I you know, I have major producers, major director attached. Doesn't mean it will sell. Right. I don't know. But I got a shot. And yeah. that doesn't work. I'll try something else because that's all I ever do. I keep trying and trying and trying. And eventually I will out outsmart this town. All you need is one break. And then the town, just like Gibson, he outsmarted them. And then they all came kissing his ass. Yeah. Yeah. They were nominated mm -hmm. for an Oscar recently. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and remember, uh, he was hated guy in this town. He was blackballed. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those are some pretty uh, bad videos. They did. They did not do him any favors. Yeah. yeah. Look, I mean, like I said, he's got his issues. I'm not defending him. You know, no, uh, uh, in Vino Veritas, when you're drunk, your true nature is revealed. You know, I don't drink. If I got drunk, I hope I wouldn't say crazy things like that. I don't think that's in my character, but it's in his character. He's just hiding it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Or you have yeah. control over it. I mean, you know, we're all. Uh, you know, the makeup of a human being is like pretty wild. So it's like, you know, like stuff and whatever. Yeah. Or it's like that, that rage instinct you have that you, you don't act out on when you're sober, you act on it when you're drunk. So it's like, is that the truth? I don't know if that's the truth. I mean, it's like, you just, well, you it's, know. A, it's the truth of your id. It's a truth, yeah. of your id, right? It's the truth yeah. of, yeah. of the, the lowest part of your character. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. So whatever. So yeah, I hope that, and I hope it's not too depressing, but there, there is still hope. It's just the hope of a, of a rival system. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I, I don't think a rival, even even like you know, A list Hollywood and C list rival. I don't think anything's going to come close to that. So that's. I'm just hoping for RC Cola. I'm not looking for Pepsi. I'll be happy with RC Cola. Literally, yeah. I'll be happy with a. Yes, it's way off, but at least we still get a good John Wick movie every now. You know what I mean? If we can, can we get an RC Cola, or is it just like? Nah, store yeah, brand, bro. That's you, it. You, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be like individual one shot RC colas, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it, it won't yeah. be a brand. <laughs> my my thing would be because there's just so many independent like technicians and experts mm -hmm. that you need at so many levels to just even get something watchable, let alone good. So the idea that independently outside of the in the, the talent pool, you're gonna somehow have a brilliant colorist and a brilliant you know writer and a brilliant director, and it's all gonna be edited the way it's. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's really I mean, the reality shot. is the best people in this town have come up through a system. They've been trained by it. They've been mentored by it. And they're not interested in trading that system for something else and, no and themselves to be targets of this town. And, and you can see them. they get frustrated when people like, like that's why they hate Joe Rogan because he's like he did his yeah, own thing. He's completely outside of the yeah. system. And they're like, hey, I had to conform and be bullshit and kiss all these Hollywood ass. How come he doesn't have to? You know, they, they resent him like and they, they, they do like they resent people who don't have to do. But, but even he bullshit. has his limits. Uh, I've heard sure. it. yeah. it's a rumor. I don't know if it's true, but I heard a rumor. It's a Hollywood rumor. I heard this in Hollywood that allegedly and, and please, Mr. Rogan's publicist, you can correct me. It's just allegedly a rumor. Do not sue somebody us. said to me, I don't know this is true. But a rumor is that Joe Rogan 
was allegedly supposed to be putting on, uh, you know, some some moon landing deniers, like members of certain astronauts' families who claimed they had evidence. I believe the moon landings happened, but let's say they claim they have evidence that they're that they're that they're that these people didn't land on the moon and that they have family evidence of that. And, okay, and so apparently the story recently I heard that Joe Rogue, Joe was going to put these guys on the air, and his backer said, "No way, Jose, we're not going to let you do that." Wow, he has his limits, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. if that's yeah. true, but I heard it in Hollywood, so I heard it. I wonder if that's Spotify thing. And before getting into Joe Rogan, apparently yeah. there's a Cripacola made by the Crips. Thank you for that, Central yeah, I did not know. They're business people. They are business, and that's just hey. If, you, if you're hey, in front, apparently Citibank was like the mob, so it's like maybe they're trying to go legit. All, all businesses are started by mobs, and then who eventually go legit? I mean, that's all countries are started by mobs that go legit. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm a big American patriot, and George Washington was a rebel, right? He was a rebel, and most of the country wasn't with him at the time. And yeah. he, when he wins, he's essentially an insurgent leader. And everyone's like, I don't know about this, George. And then he wins, and suddenly he's like, you know, Mr. President. A legend. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, okay. Really cool. Well, uh, apparently the chat thinks uh, the moon landing <laughs> is at Kubrick's. Well, you know, I, I am of the belief the moon landing is real for a very simple thing, right? I can believe... I can believe, because I'm actually a huge fan of Richard Nixon. I think he's one of the most complex, fascinating figures in history. So I can believe Richard Nixon would fake one moon landing to beat the Soviets. I can believe that, right? I believe that, too. Yeah. Yeah. They had six moon landings. Yeah. Doesn't make any I, sense. Yeah. I mean, they don't believe one. that. Doesn't make sense. One is all you need. One yeah. is all you don't need to go there six times, and each one gets more complex. And by the sixth one, they're driving a rover on the moon, right, at like 60 miles an hour. You don't need to do any of that. And- I'd believe a little fake it till you make it, though. I'd buy That's a what my theory was. Oh, like, yeah, we were there, but not at the time. I heard that theory once. I heard the theory that Armstrong didn't land, but like Apollo 14 or 15, they actually did. I was like, could you imagine being the the, the astronaut Apollo 14 that's the first human being to walk on the moon and you got to pretend you're like the seventh? Come on, man. Yeah, that would suck. I mean, what kind of crap is that? Are you gonna pretend yeah. you got an Armstrong who's sitting out of a movie studio who's getting all the accolades in history as the first man who comes yeah. up with you know the one small step from for man, one giant leap for mankind, and, and you're the guy who does it and you can't admit it? You can't even get that. Gonna happen. No you don't get any of the free food or the astronaut pussy, nothing. Yeah, the astronaut ass. You know those, those astronaut <laughs> bitches are crazy. I'm pretty sure we landed. Whether we have all the information about it, because I'm a big believer in aliens and UFOs, whether we have all the information of what they saw there is unknown. There's yeah. a moment in the in the official moon landing of the first moon landing where Armstrong went off went off the plan. He, you know, if you watch the video, and I've watched the video many times, you know, he goes off camera. He's supposed he has assignments of what he's supposed to be doing, right? And you see Buzz Arm, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, Buzz Arm, uh, not Buzz Aldrin, Buzz Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin doing his thing, and and Armstrong just walks off camera, and uh, he went off camera for twenty minutes, and he went to a crater, and we and wasn't part of the official what they were supposed to be doing. Twenty minutes, he went to this crater, we and he shut off his radio, uh, and he just kept, and we don't know why he did that. And then suddenly, everyone had this ringing in their ears, and they didn't know where it was coming from. <laughs> Well, the, the, the <laughs> UFO conspiracy will say that he saw a UFO land on the other side of the crater and he went to check it out, right? Mm-hmm. And he was told, shut off your radio and go to private channel, right? And then it took off and he went back. He's like, all right, we're going to deal with what we got to do. It. Did that happen? I don't know. I think that's more likely than we than, that we didn't land. I'd like to see a movie about that. That sounds like a cool movie. I, I Do I believe that happened? I mean, who knows? I don't know. I mean, I liked Kubrick's theory that like 
the there would be that kind of beacon on the moon that that would be you know the first indication our species had evolved you know off the planet so it would be something that they would want to know about like that's interesting the moon is a very mysterious thing there's a great book uh written by an astrophysicist called who built the moon right which is really fascinating because it looks at all those improbabilities and impossibilities mathematically about the moon you know the moon is the only structure the only moon in the entire solar system that is perfectly placed to create what we call a solar eclipse. It is exactly placed at the exact distance it needs to be to fully cover the sun to create the eclipse effect. No other moon on Jupiter, on Mars, anywhere has the ability to do that because they're, 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 they don't have the exact proper distance. And there's a thousand other things about the moon that, that don't mathematically make sense, you know, really? suggesting that, you know, as a believer, I'm like, yeah, well, God put it no, there. Just right, 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 yeah. Yeah, but I mean, but those who are like also, you can be a believer and also say, well, is this an artificial satellite? I mean, is this was this put into place? And we don't know. The, the mathematics are incredibly improbable. And so it does also it? keeps the poles in balance, which is like a big, like, yeah. I, I think without it, like the planet would be constantly shifting its yeah, poles. And, 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 kill and the everybody. tides allow life to form. Yeah. So, you know, for me as a religious person, sure, that's all God, but it certainly, yeah. it, but it certainly means that the, the theory of this is all random rock in space ain't, ain't that likely. I'm still cool with the idea that God's an alien. Like I, I don't have any problem Are with you that. Mormon? My Mormon no. sisters have certain perspectives on UFOs. I'm not like I'm just I'm not, I'm just open I've to the idea of it. I just think it's an interesting idea. Like the, you know the idea that like a, a thing could evolve to the point where it doesn't have a body and can trans trans like move across the universe and has like this like a, ancient knowledge. I mean I don't think that that's that fucking nuts. That's pretty much the Mormon tradition as I understand it. And forgive me to all the Mormons watching who say I got it wrong, but that's my understanding. Yeah. Of the tradition, it just right? seems like an interesting idea like i'm not saying that that's definitely it but that's the thing about faith is like i don't need to fit it in. i'm just like it's interesting it's like, wow. it seems, yeah wow. seems plausible. i've heard theories of the bible i think chariots or something it was the eagles or something chariots that mentioned fire, revelation yeah, yeah they think there's those are, those are ufos oh, chariots of the gods i'm sorry chariots of the movie chariots of the gods yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i've heard that theory UFOs. and it's like it makes sense i think a lot of those guys are kind of like ufo Maybe. people though like they draw conclusions like because they want to believe it's true yeah. more than well, it's but like those guys science are, but. Those chariots of the gods uh and alien, ancient aliens i'm a huge fan of ancient aliens they're useful for this they prove that our current understanding of history is wrong hmm. whether yes. it's aliens are the or, or the reason for the anomalies throughout history that's for debate but what we know is our history is wrong i mean yeah. the the, the you know the the pyramids are not you know five thousand years old. They're at least ten. They're at least ten. They're they're older than uh than allegedly civilization was in the in the Nile Basin, right? And so where do these things come from? The reason I say that because we now know that the Sphinx, uh you know geologists have studied the Sphinx, and the Sphinx is at least twelve thousand years old. The official story is the Sphinx is five thousand years old. Was built at the same time as the pyramids, right? Uh, yeah. Two thousand BC. The Sphinx is at least 10,000 BC because there's weather damage, there's water damage to the Sphinx that happened during massive flooding. And we know from geological history, the only time, the last time the, 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 the Giza Plateau was flooded like that was, was 10,000 BC. And allegedly there's nobody living there. There's no civilization. There's people, hunter and gatherers, right? And the Sphinx yeah. is being built. And so we know that ain't true. Right. Who built the Sphinx, the pyramids? It, it, wasn't, it wasn't Khufu. So who did it? You I heard the that's... theory that the flood wiped out an advanced civilization. Like we, like in Noah's age, we were like way more advanced than we are now, and the flood true. wiped it out and started back from scratch. I mean, I mean, we just—I believe we're facing a reset. I mean, we just lost our history. You know, mm. we, we think civilization started five thousand years ago. That's the only records we got. Yeah, 
if there was a civilization at more advanced than us today that wiped out, I no think. I think like you just touched on like one of the most fundamental issues yeah. in the in the world is that at least in our culture right now is that yeah. people like having a definitive answer that this is what it is that there that there's no debate that history is this this is you know that God is this or it isn't mm -hmm. like, ha like having need like that need for a concrete solution yeah. a conclusion not being open not being not continuing yeah. to learn I think could be like one of the biggest problems in the world right now because I think that's where you get all these political divisions from that's where you get all these cultural divides it's where you get like crises of faith it's I just think if we were just if we were honestly more open-minded we would be better we'd be healthy. the right word because it's all faith, right? Human beings are programmed to be religious. We can take away traditional yes. religion and they'll replace it with ideologies and weirdo politics yes. and, and weird pronoun stuff that you can't question, right? I mean, because human the human mind needs certainty and it needs to believe in something transcendent of it. It's programmed into us. Mm -hmm. And you can't the moment you try to take it away, you replace it with something worse, right? And it's totally you take away religion, you replace it with these horrible cults. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Real I quick, always said that. Gotta get into the, the chat. Oh. Isn't a girl tip two dollars? She didn't say anything, but she she did tip, and it proves that there is a woman watching. So thank you. I, you know, I saw Nancy here too. Well, Keely Chow's in there too. I think Keely's a little. Oh, Keely hey, Chow, yeah, Keely Chow, Keely Chow is it? Yeah. A few women. V star Nancy, and I feel like someone else. Sorry to the uh, any other women who who didn't show up. Well, I've always said that about the woke people, the SJWs, that they, they need religion because it's like they they need someone to morally guide them. They need to know what the right and wrong is. They need a set of ideas that like they didn't create that they can just like oh, give no. themselves over to. It's like Miss Jenner Keely. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, Keely. You just broke my heart. But, Whatever. Okay. Second uh, rodeo. So that's go. interesting but yeah i always thought that about them because it just seems like they what they that's what they're craving but they just can't ask it at the one place where they'd actually get the answer they need well you know and that's the end result of our educational system i am of the belief that it's the end result of a planned deconstruction of religion by um, nefarious people over over several generations and uh, the end result of it um i also as a believer believe that plan is not going to work because people are burning out of this crap and so, you know, at the end of the day, if we are programmed to have faith, then we might as well have faith in something that works, right? That's why we're programmed yeah. to have it. There's a great book uh, by an anthropologist called uh, Religion is Not About God, right? As you can look mm -hmm. it up on Amazon. And it's an interesting book because it's an anthropologist who studies the five major religions, Hinduism, Buddhism, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, right? And he studies them and he, and he states that I'm not interested in whether any of these religions is true. I'm not even going to try to find that out. What I want to do is I want to figure out if they serve a unified purpose, why do religions exist? What is the purpose? And he concludes after analyzing all of the rituals and the, the traditions of each of these five traditions, he concludes that religion, the purpose it serves is to promote reproduction. It is a naturally evolved system of the human condition to promote reproduction and to wow. preserve life and reproduction, right? He says, that doesn't mean there isn't a God. That doesn't mean the Buddha isn't true. I'm just saying the practical evolutionary purpose of this is... It protects reproduction and protects the human race. Uh, and it is natural evolved when our brains, animals don't need it because they're naturally into reproduction. We're the only race that wants to abort our children. We're the only race that wants to not have children. I mean, yeah. that's the only we're the only creatures that have this depopulation weirdness, right? Uh, and so, and the and the systems needed to create a healthy uh, human being who can then healthily re reproduce are so yeah. 
you know, difficult because to obtain. Yeah, you need, because when the human mind evolved to a place where, you know, it saw the world as story, you needed story to make sense of it and to teach values that promoted community and reproduction, right? That's really uh, interesting. I and oppression of minorities. Believe, I think that's true. It's also for oppression. Oppression. Well, oppression. But again, who's talking about oppression? It's the people that whose ideas aren't going to survive three generations, right? I mean, that's the thing is you can say whatever you want about these five religions. They have survived thousands of years. Well, that's right. their religion. Their religion is like a, oppression, like, you know, just but it like, But it's not yeah. sustainable. But that's right. No, 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 100%. The yeah, no. is not sustainable. It destroys itself within, I mean, I think we're reaching the, the really, it's really a two-generation thing, right? I mean, I think we started getting woke a generation ago, and then, it was, I mean, what, we were now, gener I mean, I'm Generation X, and we weren't woke then. Then you had the millennials where the woke began. Now you get Generation it's our are, are morons, right? And so these two generations, a Generation, you know, Generation X, survived a difficult generation and then you got these clowns come in you know these millennials who had it easy and they lost faith in everything and they started believing all these ideologies and then you have these poor kids who were indoctrinated by their their millennial teachers right yeah and well, I think and they're miserable and within a generation that's gonna fail and they're gonna just want to be normal and have a girlfriend and have children and not be weird all the time and that's yeah. gonna I hope so, man. I hope that you're right. I think Gary would disagree with you about uh, Gary mm -hmm. from Red Roddick would disagree with you about the Gen X thing, though. He trashes a lot of his contemporaries because of how much they've sold out and how like they used to be this kind of punk rock anti-establishment thing, and now they're like punk rock for oh, yeah, this. That's, that's just exhausted old people, brother. That's just exhausted old people. Who <laughs> I'm done with this. You know, okay. I'm just I'll just give me a paycheck, right? That's yeah. that. Any when the world is falling apart. Generation X never wanted to fight in the first place. We we're the way the Breakfast Club. We just want to be left alone. And now <laughs> it's destroying. We're just like, all right, I'm just gonna go. Whatever. Yeah, I'll say whatever you want me to say. Give me a paycheck. I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna leave. That's you know. Funny. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It is. What oh, it yeah, is. And I, I mean, well, one thing I will say about Generation X, you do have those like weird, like forty year old, fifty year old moms who are like super duper woke. Like the one TikTok teacher we we covered a few like almost a month ago, mm -hmm. whatever the one teacher who was like, what was it? Like she was very easy to hate, but she was on TikTok and had traction. And I don't remember. There is that that yeah. weird like older. Was it the yeah, vegan? Like said, woman? It's the old defeated. Yeah, I think it was it's the old defeated. You know, in her age, she was when she was in the eighties with me. She had big hoop earrings and big hair. Was running around with some biker dude, right? And this yeah, is just old yeah. defeated crap. That's all it is. Yeah, it's probably the same kind of thing too, where I think a lot of people marry their identity to being rebellious, but like, you know, but like not just being rebellious, like for like, it's like m what my identity is, is rebellious. Like that's how they look at themselves. Yeah. And so once that becomes not rebellious anymore, like once that kind of becomes the system, they have like this identity crisis. And I think that then they, then they decide to push deeper and like, actually now I'm all about trans rights because like being gay isn't punk anymore. So it's like, that's what I'm about now. And they go like deeper yeah. and like one, yeah, you know, anyone is, is an absolute loser. I mean, anyone that my generation <laughs> is woke is a, just a loser, right? There's yeah. no woke, any right? generation is pretty much a loser, but I get what you're saying. I get the kids though. Cause I was probably the equivalent of woke when I was in college. You know what I mean? I probably you had like what you heard. Yeah. Yeah. And just had this like enlightened point of view where everyone's nice. And really what it is, is these old systems of oppression, like whatever the hell dumb shit I believed, but it's like, that's, it takes time to figure this shit out and like separate yeah, the you, wheat from the you know chaff. What, you know what it takes? It takes, being rejected by a girl when you're woke <laughs> crap it's you rejected by the girl and she's banging the non-woke dude it's over <laughs> that's you're a good guy that dude it's done you know what though out the window yo that's not vigilante's entire theory dog that's vigilante's entire worldview <laughs> no, no, right. here's the tell me I want to hear well, 
Well, here's the thing. Here's the, here's what becomes the problem. I don't know. We've talked a lot of conspiracy stuff. I'm not yeah. sure if AJ Styles, that's what I call the InfoWar guy. Um, I'm not sure if his turn to freaking Frogs games happened, but there is like this <laughs> like cuck thing that's like a real thing where it's like, I don't care. I'm still doing the right thing. So in the same I'm way that we talked about. Girl. I can't please what this dude can please her while I watch in the court. Yes, I, I've heard. I've seen that. I'm like, what? And I saw too, like just like what you're saying about getting rejected by a girl. Like the wokest, the wokest girls I knew, they always just had like a standard, like successful white dude boyfriend. Like they never had like <laughs> you know like some you know like black kid from Atlanta. Like it was, it's always was the exact. It was so predictable. You set your fucking watch to it. Like yeah, they were well, all, like I said, they're all going to become wine moms, and you know they're just they're just trying to impress each other. Like yes, the, woke yeah. white, the woke white woman is the biggest fraud in Hollywood, right? I mean, fucking I'm, hey, tell him, Cameron. I've worked with them. And they're the biggest nightmares, man. They're the biggest ah. nightmares because they, you know, they, they, they are the the pyramid of victimization in their own mind. While they're all rich and you know, and they're the fucking top are, of society, everyone's taking care of you. Everyone's scared of them. Nobody wants to scare them. You know, they're the first ones to go straight to HR when they don't like you, whatever. Oh, get their little white woman. Their little clicks, and they just they kick people out. Yeah, and and it's like all that. Mean Girls. I've worked, mm-hmm. I've worked yes. in, on a show that was Mean Girls, where the entire environment was literally everyone was terrified of this group of woke white women who yep. were just basically taking everybody out and yep. were mistreating the blacks and the minorities and everybody else in the group. And you know, but but they were woke and white, so you couldn't say, woke "Hey, you're a racist. You're why you're mistreating that black girl in the in the room." Right. I'm not. She's just yeah. blah blah blah. I was like, "No, you're picking on her." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's all about the ideology. That's why you know it's not really about race. It's not really about oppression. It's about you know con, con, protecting the ideology. That's what the woke people are about. Because it's like you say, we say it all the time. They don't give a fuck about conservative women, black. Oh. They're not they're not gonna like Yas Queen for Candace Owens. Yeah. They, they fucking hate yeah. her. So it's well, like anyone. Anyway, my own issues with Candace Owens too. Like I said, I'm a regardless. Of my own issues. But yeah, but, but, their, exactly. but their ideology but, is a yeah. is a all black women ideology. Well, until well, you disagree. exactly because they need the black woman as the maid. Right. A black woman that's independent, you know, who's who's self-empowered and doesn't need their garbage is a real threat for them. Even mm-hmm. worse than a black man, right. because, you know, a black man who's powerful, like Malcolm X, whatever, they fantasize about that guy, but they will. It's even I was watching the movie Malcolm X last week, one of my favorite movies. Right. Good and movie. I watched it in the theater last week. And there's a great moment I had forgotten when Malcolm in his sort of young days before he found his sort of spiritual path, when he was sort of a hustler in the street. Right. He was dating this white woman. And he says to her when they're in bed together, he's like, so you're going to call rape on me? You know, because <laughs> even this is 1940 and he knows what's up. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, it's, it's an interesting thing. That's, that was a good goddamn movie. I really like that movie. One of my favorite movies. It right now. Movie. And, and it's more it's more relevant today than it was even when it came out. You know, it's more it speaks to where we are and it speaks to had Malcolm lived then you know, he would have been an incredible force for the black community and for the world. And that's mm-hmm. why I think that's why I think they took him out. Right. I yep. think it, there's not a re, it's not a coincidence that when he came back from his tour of the Middle East and Mecca and he started talking in universal terms about empowerment for all of humanity, three weeks later, boom. God, <laughs> yeah. He was in follow then. I was like, we got to take this guy out. Yep. Support yeah. division and you're all good. Support unity. Can't have that. It's a problem. And uh, just an instant uh, story about that. I know Muhammad Ali apparently was there at some point and didn't. He was scared. Basically, he didn't want to be seen with him because he knew the hit was basically. Yeah, well, they, they, I know Muhammad Ali's elder uh, eldest daughter Maria Mame very well. She's a friend of mine, oh, cool. and uh, so she's a, she's a good friend, and you know it, she's a wonderful person. She's his eldest daughter, and Mame told me a lot. I mean, Muhammad Ali and and Malcolm were close friends, and then you know yeah. Muhammad Ali, you know Malcolm broke from Nation of Islam, and Muhammad Ali remained for a while with them, and so that. 
that soured the friendship. Uh, later, Mal you know, after Ma Malcolm's murder, and then Elijah Muhammad's son basically took control of the movement and brought them into normative Islam. And that's when Muhammad Ali became sort of a normative Muslim. And then, you know, then that's a loss he had because this close friend of his, when he was involved in this thing, he broke off from, and that's something he can't get back. Yeah. yeah, that's a bit like Scientology in that regard, like the way yeah. that it was, you have to be a part of the group. It's an important movement. You know, look, you know, for me, and forgive me for any, anyone in the chat, everyone else, I mean, Nation of Islam for me as a, as a traditional Muslim is a bit of a, is, is a cult, right? It's not normative Islam, but it was actually a necessary historical process because it actually gave something of value to the black community. Nobody, nobody, yes. right? churches, nobody was saying, go empower yourself, get your, get your and life. You don't saying need nobody else. Nobody was saying it. These guys said it. So it was a necessary historical process. Hmm, interesting. It's it, one thing that pisses me off is about like a, a lot of wokies will use Malcolm X's image. Like they had that one movie. I didn't even see it. It was a one night in Miami. I'm like, oh yeah. yeah if yeah. you guys knew how much Malcolm X would hate you guys, like he said it. He, he hated said, it back he then. I mean, yeah. he, he, I mean, the he, most called dangerous thing in Western hemisphere he called out black liberals. Yes. <laughs> he said this, this stuff don't work. He mm -hmm. said to, he, I mean, one of the reasons he and, and, and Martin Luther King didn't get along, he's like, Martin Luther King, he's like, man, you're leading these people to end up, you're just going to make them a new form of slave in his view, right? The people yeah. that you're working with, you might have good ideals. The people you're working with don't, don't share those ideals. And they want these people as passive, weak, living off of handouts from the government. That's what they want. He said yes. that people want to hear it. Yeah, I, I, I say that all the there's time. Some truth to what he was like. I think he's thinking he was right because I, I, even the crit, his criticism of Martin Luther King, who's beloved for good reason, yeah. I do think that there is a huge element of the black community uh, that did just get on the handout system. The go along to get along gang, to quote yeah, exactly. Kwame Brown, not, it is definitely a huge part of it. And the, the point when he was killed was exactly when he was most dangerous. When he was saying, our, yep. when, he, when he let go of the, the anti white racism and he started saying, we can work with white people first. Let's have black unity, and then we can work with white people as well. That's when it's a problem, yep. right? Because now yep. he's teaching black people don't use drugs, don't you know, don't, don't use welfare, get your own businesses, and he's yep. also being friendly to Yo. white people and teaching them that. Boom, it's dude, much. that's what's going on right fucking now. It's like I when I was a kid and I, I started getting into hip hop, I assumed black pe black hip hop artists hated me. I just assumed it was racist. That's just because I, I guess that was the impression I had or whatever. Well, yeah, I get, I mean, me individually, I, but I meant uh, all white people. No, but it's like I started listening to it and I was like, oh, no. And I was like, oh, I have like a, lot, a lot in common with these guys. We kind of like have like similar values. Like we're both talking about bitches, like smoking weed. I was like, yeah, this is who I am. This is great. And so I just started listening to it. And then it's like I became very comfortable with like that culture. And then like as the years progressed, you saw culture kind of the same way was getting to a point where really it wasn't it really wasn't there, there wasn't this giant division until like 10 years ago or yeah, so you know, but the division is on purpose to hide the real division because you just hit something the division in america has always been about class and it's yes. by race yep absolutely absolutely you don't talk Perfect. about class but you talk about race so you don't have to talk about class which is right. the real problem yeah. like i said you know eminem has more in common with most hip-hop guys as a lower middle you know what lower class and struggling white kids yeah. you know who's got a story to tell about uh, survival he's got more in common with with struggling black kids does with the white woke woman but they want to talk about him as a white guy and his cultural appropriation they don't want him having that connection i grew up in detroit eminem's life is Way worse than mine. Like my life was not perfect, but it was it was it was considerably worse. And I also lived a portion of my life in rural Michigan, where like he says I'm back in the eight one zero now. Like I've been in the eight one zero now, where it's just like there's 
It's basically a sweet home, Alabama. And I can say, like, I see, like, some of the craziest shit in, in rural Michigan where it's just nothing and meth is a huge thing. And there's, and it's like, what is it? I think there's more poor white people in this country than there are black people, period. Well, look, think about Something this. like that. The most dangerous thing that Malcolm X said was don't drink, don't use drugs. That's it. That's mm. the most dangerous thing because that would destroy the alcohol industry and would destroy the entire – because if, if black people stopped it and then white people stopped drinking and using drugs, that, I mean, that's enough to kill somebody There's over. No that, that's multi-trillion dollar industries you, that would end, yeah. right? If people just said, I don't want to do pres- this anymore. He did. He was, he was the example of what Nancy Reagan just say. No, he did it. He was a cocaine yeah. addict who became total teetotal religious dude, right? Yeah. And he said, I'm the example. I stopped. You stopped too, not because I'm preaching you as Nancy Reagan, because it's making you weak. Yeah. And that's and real me. quick, peace out, Nerd Porio. Uh, you know, I know you, you're on a limited clock because I think you, yeah, you have Paulie next. Time, so, yeah. And I'm like, we still have not gotten to the Joe Rogan thing because you're such a, so it's just like so much. Time, but what are some of the major points? Okay, you know I can. Do you, do I can read kind of like. Yeah, yeah, read, read some of it. Go ahead, bitch. Okay, I'll just read it. Uh, he says, this is the problem, not just with Hollywood, but also Los Angeles, because Los Angeles is inexorably, uh, I can't read that word, it's connected to show business, inexorably, there you go. There's no getting around that. The reason why a large percentage of people move there and it's why it also massively affects the politics of the place, it's not just politics, but social discussions. You say that you want uh, people, uh, you say that people are going to want to hear because they cast you. And what's this? But the way the system works is you go there, you go in a room, someone would come in and say, Hey, Mark, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you move from? And there's a smugness to it, a weirdness, because they have all this power over you. Um, this is, I'm just going off the bounding article and just no, reading all of that his quote. That. He's exactly right. I've sat in casting sessions. You've been on the other end of it, you've been an actor on the other end. I've sat in casting sessions, and it's literally like a cattle call. You're prodding them. You're prodding them about their past. It's degrading. I've had to be on the other end of that, and I try to be as connected to the actors as possible. I actually take acting classes. I'm not an actor. I don't want to be. But I've taken acting classes as a, as a writer and as a director, as a producer, so that I understand the actor's process. Uh, you know, And I recognize how vulnerable that job is and how hard it is. And so I try to be as gracious as possible. But you bring these actors in, and they are treated like meat. It's not, it's like, it's not everybody. Like I've definitely had great auditions where people were lovely. It was a wonderful day, but like on the other end of it, I've had to pay for casting director workshops where they treated me like a fucking asshole. And I'm like, I just gave you money and now you're talking down to me. You're treating me like a piece of shit. The only reason you gave the money was your hope that this casting director would remember you for a project. Well, yeah. Like actually for the profound reason. Of course not. It's to create a, it's create a network, which, you know, is illegal, but it's like, whatever. It's like you you do it because it's Hollywood. Exactly. Yeah. But like, that's the thing. Like that's the spectrum. It's like, obviously it's not everybody, but there is this power dynamic. And it's like, you, you, you know, as just a normal person who wants to speak up, speak their mind, it's like you, you feel this sort of, and then you're, well, I can't because I want work and I don't want to get like a bad reputation. So you kind of like fight that inner thing and you just like die inside. And then it does. And he's right. I think it characterizes almost so many interactions in like the like the center Los Angeles area, not really on the outskirts, like Long Beach and the Valley. I don't give a shit about any of that, but like in the Hollywood proper shit. Every, like Everyone just wants to be liked, you know, look at as someone who has really passionate fans and really aggressive enemies, I would prefer to just be liked. It makes <laughs> my life so much easier. Yeah. It can't be because I can't give up my integrity. And so that would never be mean. The only saving grace that I have that most actors do not have is that I can create my own material. 
you don't have to like me, but if you really like my script, you still have to pay me for it. Yeah. You can get rid of me. You can kick me off the project. You don't like me, but I still got paid and I still got a credit and we're still moving. Right. And so yeah. actors like you don't like me, I guess I'm not getting the role because they're not they're They are unless they're directing their own movie and producing and financing it. They're not in a position of power. They're Even the then. One being put up there by somebody else. Yeah, it's yeah. and it starts at the, the lowest levels, man. It started. I was at an acting studio, and it was like mm -hmm. that was their gate. That was the first gate. You know what I mean? It was just a like because it was a good. You know, people graduated from there. Like, what's the guy? Uh, oh, I can't. Maharshal Ali. Like he studied mm -hmm. there. You know what oh, I mean? Shit. It was yeah. yeah. And it's like Blade. you know, he's the new boy. Right, and so it's like. You, they obviously have access. I mean, we had a database of every agent in town. I mean, like, they would promote people that they liked. I mean, that was part of it. But it was just, you know, like, if they don't like you, they're, well, they're not going to kick you out. You know, they'll keep taking your money, but they're not going to help your career along. And it's like, you know, you don't say yeah. the right things. You don't have the right opinions. You know, you're not you're not going anywhere. Yeah. That's Speaking of which, there's a second part of the quote I wanted yes. to get into because yes. uh, limited time. He says, I've been in rooms where they discuss politics like right away and you see the people bend to whichever way the wind is blowing. Uh, like, what do I have to say? I think it's about time we had a woman president. Like, they'll say shit, and they don't have opinions. What they have is a conglomeration of opinions that they adopted because they think it will be beneficial uh, to their career. Um, and the last part is I would go on these auditions and see these uh, fuckers that were lost in this world being chosen, uh, chosen for things, and that's what shapes the entire mindset of that part of the country. And that's that's pretty Correct. much the, the I mean, every, everyone everyone's just looking at each other when they're saying what they're saying and the moment the they you know the moment the word changes they flow with it oh everyone's using latinx right now i'm going with that you know everyone's yep. using pronouns in their bios i guess i'm going with that right somebody says to me you we should we should have a, a female president i'm like you're right we should christy gnome is great i love her governor of south dakota the one who put yeah. no lockdowns restrictions mass on her state only state even florida had lockdowns for a while she didn't do yep. anything I, and she's beautiful and she's intelligent. She, I'd let's make her president. That's not what they want. <laughs> so, no way. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm the kind of guy that will be the jerk in the room that says that. And that's why I don't get hired for everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I respect but I your integrity, you bro. Me. I really do. I respect the fact that you stick it, you stuck it out. You're still there. You, you know, you, you're not letting any of this slow you down. And you're, st you like a principled man. It's like I, I genuinely respect you, brother. I, I'll take it, my friend. Because one of the reasons I do connections with the YouTube community is I've said this is that. You know, I've got a lot of ally. Well, I've got a lot of allies, but business allies, business contacts in Hollywood. Uh, I even have a few friends in Hollywood, people I care about, right? Beyond business, uh, it's actually in this community that I feel connected because these are normal people. I'm not in a normal world, and so yeah. that's one of the reasons I do this. Normal is an operative word again. Well, you got a mask on. I don't care. You, you, I, I feel I know your soul better than all these people who don't have masks on that I work with, right? Who have many yeah. masks on. But you can see my mask. Right. No, Cameron, I completely identify with you're saying, dude. Like that was the one thing that always kind of broke my heart about my pursuit of acting was like not even like the you know it didn't work out. It was the fact that like I set out and I imagined I would find this community, and I never did, and I never found the people that shared like those values until I came here, and then I was like, oh shit, this is where they are. This is where everybody and, and is. We're the, and we're the consumers, we're the buyers, we're, we're the normal people. We are like I said from that book. What is you know religion is not about God. You know we're the ones that are actually saving the human race. We are the everyone else is there's this destructive element that's largely in Hollywood that wants the human race to self destruct. That wants us to stop reproducing. Yeah. It wants there to be race wars. There's a and be, the reason they do that is George that they the guys themselves basically. Yeah. Well, they want they're going to be on the top of that chaos. 
right? It is better to rule in hell than to serve in heaven, right? That Damn! Is- Dropping knowledge, Cameron. The old school. And so that's it. I mean, these people, if people like us were running things, they would be serving in heaven, right? And uh, yeah. that's not what they want. Damn, that's really fucking insightful. Damn, you are a good writer. <laughs> I'll, I'll, yes. take it, brother. I'll take it. I'll take it. But right last minute, I got about three minutes left. Are there any last minute things we got to address before I take off? Uh, well, before, is there anything you want to promote? Yeah, for you. Me, I'm going to show you. I got the one thing, and I've actually it, a lot of fans. Hand. I have my novels, which are very important to me. Like, I'm a novelist. And, you know, when I when I was on Twitter, people could just go to my Twitter homepage, and my no- a link to my novels was available there. But, you know, I've actually been wonderful. A lot of people who have been following me on YouTube and Twitter are now reading my novels. They're really liking it. So I got a couple of books. If any of you like historical novels, uh, I got these two books. You got my novel, Mother of the Believers which is about, it's an epic about the birth of Islam from the point of view of Muhammad's wife. So if you're interested in Islam, you're interested in uh, in history or, or or how a brown dude writes uh, an Arab woman, that might be interesting. And huh. then there's this other book here, uh, which is Shadow of the Swords, which is my novel on the Crusades, uh, which is about Richard the Lionheart versus the la- uh, the, the Muslim Sultan Saladin. Uh, if you watch Kingdom of Heaven, it's a story that happens after that. In Kingdom of Heaven, Saladin takes Jerusalem and the Crusader Kingdom falls apart. And and so this is a story of how Richard the Lionheart fought him and to try to take it back. And I'm very proud of those books. And if you guys have a chance, you, know, you can go to my, you can go to Amazon, you can enter my name, Cameron Pasha, and you'll find the books. Uh, you know, if you go to my website, which is my name, CameronPasha.com, there's a link right there. You can press it. Uh, and people, the one delightful thing is I'm actually getting a lot of fans of my books now from these YouTube things, and I'm getting all these cool. messages, people liking it. So that means a lot to me. That's awesome. That's yeah. so cool. If there's any modulantes that can help and, and toss Cameron's stuff in the chat, I would appreciate it. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. If anyone knows how to link all that, that's fine. <laughs> you're looking for normies, you're way off. I would agree with that. Yeah. And well, uh, the- Diablo Dame is uh, halfway between halfway through Mother. Wow, oh. a lot to be Diablo. So uh, I hope you're able to send me a message. You know, you can send me a message through Instagram. Uh, you know, my camera posture is use my Instagram, and I'd love to hear what you think of it. Uh, you know, when you finish the book, if you hate right, it, please um, don't tell me that hurt my feelings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, please don't do that. Yeah, I have some notes. Uh, no, <laughs> um, <laughs> I that all the time. Once I once got these notes, I remember handing in a script to a director. Uh, and then his wife gave me notes, and his and wife didn't know what she was talking about, oh, right? And then the director's so... movie failed massively, and his career ended. So wow! Like, his wife's notes, right? She didn't obviously wasn't guiding him properly either. So whatever. Man, pick your wife closely. Awesome. All right, thank I, you very much, Cameron. This was a pleasure. This was a blast. This really appreciate incredible. you having thank you on, man. man. It's all good, guys. What, yeah. what a pleasure! I hope I can do it again. Give me a call in a few weeks, whatever. If you want to do it again, uh, hopefully I'm on. Hopefully I'm going to be busy on selling one of my shows, and then I won't be able to do many of these. But I'll yeah. still yeah. take some time, you know, to come on and talk. I hope for a little bit. Fucking a! Thanks again, brother. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll thank talk you to for later. showing up. Great, right, guys. God Peace. bless. Peace. Bye-bye. Later. Peace. Peace yeah. out. Shit, that, that was, was something dope. else. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, we're still going. We're not gonna. Uh, we still got another half hour at least. Yeah, but yeah, that was wow. That was incredible. That was, that was wild. Incredible. And I, thank I, you to the thirty some odd people who, who sat through. That was that was like a that felt Rogan esque. Uh huh. You know what I mean? With all the different subjects, we got spiritual. Yeah. Talked to some old, uh, conspiracy stuff. Which yeah. Isn't really conspiracy, but I want to wake <laughs> up tomorrow. So there's yeah, that. Right. Which um, never happened. Yeah, we don't normally. We're normally very specific. Like we usually just, you know, the topic and the woke people. And I was like, here we are talking about like the nature of the universe. And he's like, oh, yeah. it's all real in Hollywood. And I was like, I kind of want to just poke fun at woke people. This is insane. <laughs> yeah, I felt the opposite. It's like, how the hell do I break up? Oh, well, now Brie Larson. It's like, eh. 
right? The, like the, you can't. The, I mean, the existence of the universe or, uh, you know. Yeah. Some dumb shit an actress it. said. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's we're having gonna, a, that up. No. Oh, Wookiee Lives yeah. Matter says applause. Thank you very much. Uh, oh, lots of really positive feedback. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, and sorry to the chat. I feel like I ignored you guys. I tried to get yeah. stuff in. Well, it's kind of hard yeah. to focus on anything else. He's so fucking interesting. Have you tried yeah, DMT, yes. though? Uh, <laughs> Basically. It was the whole thing we didn't say. Yeah. It was the whole thing we didn't say. It was pretty, 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 pretty lively. Pretty good. Yeah, but it was, I mean, it was fascinating. Like, I, you know, I couldn't, I didn't want to look at the chat because I, I kind of got to, you know, get distracted. He's so, he's so engaging and captivating and just can talk about so many different things. And because he's a storyteller professionally, he's concise and he gets like, he really knows how to get his point across in a way that like you're really engaged with. He doesn't like meander or anything like that. Like he really gets to the point. It's like, fuck. Wow, that was that was okay. It was almost intense to just be like you know listening to yeah. his mind for so long. Like that was really really cool. Yeah, I, great. I, we definitely have to do it again. I, Fuck I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I would love to do that again. If he wasn't doing a couple weeks, maybe a couple weeks. You know, whenever uh, poking fun at Wokies is boring. I, I kind of have that opinion. Like if we have there's yeah. something funny that he had. I'm starting because it, it's starting to be like okay, what's what's next? I'm getting like, I'm annoyed with on, it. I, I I am getting annoyed with it, but I, I there's still I a lot that now. Kevin Feige—he's going to subvert Black Widow. Ooh. Yeah, like, I don't you need to talk I mean? about I don't need to talk about everything, but it does still need the torch needs to be carried, man. Because I swear to God, like I still see so many people online who just don't get it, like who just think this is all just you know online bullshit. It's not real, and it is. It's very very real, and it does need to be talked That's about. True. But like at the same time, like you know, it's the show. Let's have fun. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, I, I do think I'm trying to find my balance, right? Like, I'm trying to find my personal balance with like how much of this stuff I want to talk about. Like, if I feel like if I have if there's something I can sink my teeth in, I, I want to talk about it. But we're at a point where this is just like everything. Like this this Black Widow thing. I'm really hoping. I hope it makes a lot of money so it can expose people and be the um. Last Jedi for Marvel. There's a re- that's my interest in it. There's a yeah. chance that it could be that. The conversation can evolve. We don't need to continue pointing out how wrong their point, their worldview is. I mean, that's that's yeah. a, that's an implied now. But dude, like I was talking with this guy at work last night, man, and it was like, yeah, I was, you know, it was a really good conversation. But it's like he doesn't hang out on these YouTube channels. He doesn't listen to this type of conversation all the time. It was like he was coming at it from just like a completely outsider point of view, and it was like. All the things I was saying were kind of, they were foreign to him. Like he wasn't, he was just like, okay, you know, maybe I'll see, you know, it was like, there's still a lot of people who haven't heard any of this shit, who who are still just going about their day-to-day life and have no idea that there's this grand, you know, conspiracy to destroy Western culture <laughs> through our fucking entertainment. Like it, it does still need to be loudly talked about. I mean, obviously I don't want to bore our fucking audience with the same shit every single day, but we can't give up. We can't like get bored of the, of the fight now. It's like, I don't know. I think it just needs to get better. We got to get better because uh, to quote, we talked about him. I quote Andre 3000 speeches only reaches those who already know about it. Basically we'll create our own echo chamber. How do we, how do we get that guy? How does that guy, how do we get that guy to understand our perspective without sounding like we're reading software? Cause whenever you get something you don't understand, you just like, 
okay, somebody is is speaking a different language or they're speaking in, in science or high-level math. I have that much comprehension of what someone says. And that, I think, like, the normies are the key. We're never going to convince somebody who's in woke land what, what to do. But the no, normies who, like, no, that's crazy. don't know what's going on, we do have to at least figure a way to be more palatable to, to someone who's like, okay, I've never, you know... I didn't really like The Last Jedi or a couple of these yeah. movies, but you I didn't who, connect the dots. The one who does that the best is Critical Drinker. He, he's yes. the one yes, that does God. it the best because he manages to like, like when he had the whole Captain Marvel movie, until I got my mind right. And then like had that whole angle on it where it's like, now it's the greatest movie I've ever seen. Now that he's like plugged into the Matrix, you know, like yeah. it was like that. And that was, and that reached a lot of people. And he's like, he's a, he's going to be at a million subs, you know, in the next few Pretty months. Soon. Yeah, like yeah. he's, and that's huge. And for someone like who's that based and that like doesn't play this shit, but like also like it's going to be that influential, that's really an exciting development. And I, you know, why I think he's been successful is that he's focused on things that universal that are universal. Yes. Isn't and girls has this point says you 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 get to them by pointing out shit on a grocery store shelf. Everyone can relate to that. And I would say everyone can relate to bad writing. Everyone knows what bad writing is. So instead of saying this is woke, this is bad, focusing on why the writing itself does not hold up is a way of getting someone who who may not even have known this is going on. So, oh, okay, so this is why I didn't like it. I've, I've told stories about my mom who doesn't like some woke things, but she doesn't necessarily know the reason it's because it's woke. She just knows this isn't good, and that's it. And that just goes on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. But that's why I think it is important to like still walk walk through it. You know what I mean? Like even if it does, like I honestly, I I don't want to become boring or repetitive. Obviously, like that's yeah. uninteresting. But you know, the, it's just it, it, maybe maybe it'll be that thing that'll click for them. You know what I mean? That time, I don't know. Like I, I'm, we're still figuring this out as much as anybody else. Um, and I think, look, I think if we start becoming fucking boring to our own audience, they'll let us know. Yeah. <laughs> very true very i'm pretty true. sure that guys... dildo is not gonna sit on that one you know what i mean no he's already no, saying we... we're boring <laughs> yeah uh, if they have kids what's going most what's going on most likely in their school well you know that's a good point because that's why critical race theory is probably going to get shot down is this critical race theory being introduced in schools was a huge red pilling i saw someone said the clown pill but that like normie said oh this is what they're teaching my kids yeah like black kids, white black parents, white yep. parents, parents, no matter what. It's Racially, like, okay, this is, nope. non. Yeah, it's really interesting, and there's a lot of those videos that are like mm-hmm. step, like people are stepping the fuck up and fighting against this shit. It's badass. Yeah, and they're but not even doing it. it. They're doing it in public first. Yeah, in public. Well, because they don't even know enough to know you're not. They don't know the rules. This is their right. first. They, they work, you know, eight to ten hours a day. Drive home, drop the kids off of school, this, this and third, and then they, the, the kids say, "Yeah, mommy, my teacher said I ain't shit," or you know, a nicer way of saying it. Whatever. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And that's just their first thing. So they just go up to the board and they go viral yeah. without knowing there's a culture war and this is not what you're supposed to say. And yeah. they, they don't know any of that shit. They, they work, they, you know, do whatever, and then they pick up the kids from school and they hear crazy shit. Yep. Yeah, because they don't have the time to fucking, you know, obsess over. What what the nature of the last Jedi was, you know what I mean? They don't. They're like, oh, that sucked, and then they move on, and that's it. And yep. it's like, you know, we meanwhile we've been having this conversation, and that was the thing. Like talking to this guy at the bar last night, it was just like, I was like, God damn it! Like we we've had we've gone 
over so much of this stuff. And it's like, I have to like, it's interesting. I have to like walk back through like when I first got into the conversation and start there and explain how it's like, oh, it's so consistent. And like the baseline shit that like we've already been discussing for four years or whatever the fuck, you know? And it was interesting. I was like, God, it was kind of like a lot of work, but it was also really an interesting exercise because it's like, yeah, look, I can't just talk to the people who are indoctrinated, you know, like are indoctrinated is the wrong word, but like, you know, you can't just preach to the, to the converted all day long. You have to, you got to reach the bigger flock as it were. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, real quick, a couple things. Second Rodeo, who's newer, because I haven't really seen you in two weeks. Thank you for being here. Welcome. And um, a woman. It, see? And a woman. Female representation. There you go. We asked where the white woman at. I'm not sure if you're a white woman, but yeah, appreciate it. Uh, Tim Pool says, or Tim Pool apparently calls it, critical race applied principles. Crap. That's funny. That's pretty clever. Um, Diddle says he's known to hold him back his opinions. What are you talking about? <laughs> No, <laughs> nope. Um, there was a there was a story though that I wanted to talk about. I don't know if it's woke or not. Uh, I don't know if it's about that, but um, the new the Lord of the Rings or something like that. Like, there's some development there. Day Dalek Entertainment reveals first look at Gandalf, Gandalf, Math, Mouth of Sauron, and King Thraduel for the Lord of the Rings. In second rodeo, they said that they're peach colored, so I. I I'm listen. I'm supposed to be black, but I'm really like dark beige. I, I get it. I mean, you know, whatever. Like no, like these. They're, they're actually like not racist. Colors are not racist. Just racial designation. That's a whole can of worms for another day. But um, I, I actually I, I do kind of agree with the with the woke people in the sense that whiteness is like an like a fake thing. I'm like, I actually agree with you. Like, it'd be nice to go back to like people who are like Irish or fucking, you know yeah. what I mean, Scandinavian and shit like that. It's just that there's been so much cross culture, uh, like you know national like breeding it's like we're not i'm not even any i don't even have a dominant ethnicity you know what i mean or, or yeah. nationality i'm just a white guy from jersey like <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know i mean i'm kind of irish i'm kind of italian you know whatever yeah just just why yeah i'm based uh, yeah, is what I'm i am seeing. fucking based there you go that's right it's my identity based uh, fuck, bro. yeah so this is interesting i don't know if this i mean i'm sure it's fucking you know probably got in the shape of a vagina or something like that, but <laughs> well, it does something's going on with this mountain. I don't know. And this is phallic. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, but that's all consistent with Lord of the Rings, man. Yeah, that's the joke. Wasn't it? Ah, whoopsie. But uh, no, no worries, no worries. Uh, second rodeo says I hate. This isn't it is a lot of like with me. Hate being called part of any group. I'm an individual. I think here, here. we all try to be individuals. Um, but yeah, we can go through this. Yeah, I'm curious. So, I mean, I'm interested in seeing what the, what happens with this Lord of the Rings. Me too. Like how much money they've already thrown so much money at it. So much money. It, like I, I, I want to see what the payoff is. Uh, so hey, look! Be- they found sentient dildos lair. Archaeologists discover six thousand dollar, six thousand year old island settlement off Croatian coast. There they you got go. you, buddy. Ha! Can't you know hide any longer. Now. That's right. Alrighty. Uh Day Dilly Entertainment reveals first look at Gandalf Mothasuron and King Thundrill for Lord of the Rings Gollum. So they're doing a Lord of the Rings Gollum? It says gonna... Oh, this is for a game. For their upcoming oh, stealth and action game. adventure game. Oh, Lord of the Rings Gollum. Oh, okay. I thought that okay. that was was um, a t- I thought it was a property, like a film property too. Yeah. Because they have was... so they had the uh animated announced and everything like that. 
I thought it was the show. I was like, oh, okay. I thought it was like like art from the show or something. Yeah. Still. Yeah. I mean, that's still cool. Cover it? I mean, well, why not? not? I mean, no. So disappointed. I'm just, I disappointed in the sense I thought it was from the show, which is bigger news. Yeah. Like, it's interesting but, uh, that it's a Gollum video game. I mean, and that might be cool. I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, that's something else I've got to think about because I feel like games are going to be the only form of entertainment because the finances on a game, you can make a game for the same amount of money you make a comic. Not necessarily a, a high end 3D game. Yeah, not a triple A. Yeah. Not a triple A game, but you can make a game that makes triple A. There's a lot of small budget games that made a lot of money. That's true. Any gaming's big, money. yeah. And Any like people, big. yeah, and then people can program it by themselves, pretty much. Like there's, yeah. you know, yeah. Did you ever see that documentary indie game? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they, uh, what was it, Super uh, Meat Boy? It was on. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't Super remember what the Boy. other game was. And then it, it, it Fez became a big game. Fez was one Fez, of those. Yep. Braid was another one. Yep. I yeah. played Braid. Braid was good. It is. Braid was Am I fucking hard. No, I don't hear you robotting. Okay. Maybe maybe through the okay. stream, maybe on YouTube, but I don't hear it. Okay. Let, let, let us know if we're if either of us are robotting, because things are, are weird oh. with my internet stuff. Uh-oh, CIA found us. Yep, they did. They, they didn't like us they talking. Did. Uh, um, Sonic ripoff with Gollum. I'm not sure. I don't know anything about this. This is all new to me. Yeah, it is new. We can skip. We can skim through it because yeah, I mean, sure. still, listen, Last of Us was a woke thing. It's not like games are <laughs> woke. Hardly. Fucking hell. Jesus Christ. Look at any fucking game library. It's like 90% women. They have this PlayStation commercial where it's these two yeah. women like fighting, shooting at each other, and it's like, who really? Like the thing is that marketing that shit. There's a reason why they use like people who represent the demographic because when I see two women doing something in a commercial, I'm like, oh, this doesn't concern me, so I don't watch it, right? Like, yeah. it's a product that's like most likely, you know, like for for the demographic being depicted. It's not racism. It's marketing, and it's like, so it's like, so who are where, where are these legions of women who play PlayStation all night? I know now. I know gamers exist. Gamer girls exist. I, I believe it. I'm not saying it's a it's not, but it's just like. The majority, it's got to be 90 10 men. Has yeah, to I, I would say so. And it, the only way it's anything higher than that is just the, the Twitch community. <laughs> like, you know what yeah. I mean? The fake gamer girls who all are streaming. Like, outside of that, I, I don't, um, yeah, I don't, I don't believe it either. And you, I, that's kind of a crossover thing. Is something I was thinking about. Like, if you notice, there's no more chick flicks either. Like there used to, chick flicks used to be a a major huh. thing. That we haven't noticed that, but that's something I've noticed. Uh, Such a dildo has an eighty twenty, and my theory is they're trying to make, our, they're they're not just ruining our genre of no. beloved male things. Wow. They're trying so hard to mesh it together because you can't show a woman loving a man. That can't happen. Wow, that's you can't a have really a good point. You can't have a rom com. How can you have a rom-com? Think about any rom-com that doesn't get hit by the intersectional wall. You know, it can't work. That's interesting. There's actually some there's some articles about it and it's all coming from the woke people, of course. They're going to try to like, you know, frame it like it's uh but yeah, there's all these different articles. I never even noticed that, but you're right. Like the Mary Sue has an article about it. 
Um, yeah. I noticed that a few, you know what it was? I was actually shot to 24 seven fusion media. He was talking about how you can't do raunchy comedies. You can't do raunchy comedies. You can't. And he was right. You know, you can't, he was talking about all these old like porkies and stuff like that. Like none of that shit will ever happen again. And then I, somehow a rom-com, was, maybe it was, I don't know, maybe it was something about Mary and I, I thought about romantic comedies. I'm like, when is the last time they had a romantic comedy? That's a really and good like, point, dude. They don't even make movies for women because women don't exist. Remember, there's no, that's right. gen- you know, that's just a gender construct. And it's just the patriarchy. Why all these women have liked romance novels for a hundred years. And why, you know, the last big thing for women was, um, what was that shit? Fifty Shades of Grey? Yeah. That's still like 10 years ago almost. Damn, dude. That's a good goddamn point. I'll tell you what, too, bro. Like, I think their cultural conditioning is working, man, because the way I interact with the girls now, like, when I was coming up, when I was, like, in my 20s, you know what I mean? Or maybe even, like, younger. Like, the way you interacted with women was, you know, you were, like, polite, respectful. You didn't try to be too aggressively sexual because, like, you know, that was, like, disrespectful to them or whatever. Like, Yo, man, these girls now, it's like if you are coming at it with like, you know, politeness or like emotions, like that's that's a big conflict. Like they want to get into bed now. Like yeah. I, I it's we it's weird. It's like when you're trying to like, ah, I kind of want to like wait and get to know you and develop something with it. Like they're like they they're all they're all over it. Like it's it's fucking wild, man. Like is this new generation of girls is they are different. Yes, yeah, well, I'm never getting married. Ever, I can't. Every day I realize it is never gonna. I can't do it because, like, these hoes ain't loyal. They ain't. (laughs) They're not, man. That's why I I fucking was reading this thing online, and it was so funny. It was just in the comment section on these memes, but it said, uh, "Just remember, she's she's not yours. It's just your turn. It's your turn." I was like, "Yo, I like that." And sorry to the ladies, the few ladies that are in the chat. Isn't a girl. Yeah, sexual liberation, man. A lot of cat ladies are being made, man. It's why it's that's the thing, yo. It's weird. It's like, but then I, I don't know. I guess I, there are enough people getting married and having babies and shit. Like, I don't know. It's just I, I like, I don't know how to interact with Bro. it. Like, now I've just kind of decided, like, all right, I'm just gonna roll with this. Like, I'm not gonna that's try. That's the only to, thing like, you can do. Yeah, like I'm not gonna try. It's like, all right, I'll fuck around. Up. I guess. Yeah. Try not to, you know, because the child support things there's the. Is that's a, you know that's a problem that used to be thought of as this black problem. It ain't no more. <laughs> welcome, to the, welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> welcome to baby mama drama. <laughs> you like so much damn hip hop? Enjoy. Enjoy family court. Enjoy family court. <laughs> that was hilarious. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah, it's a. I mean, that's what I'm saying, man. I think some of this shit really is is working. Like, there isn't that like traditional kind of like courting process. You know what I mean anymore? Like, it's it's like dead. And it's I don't know, man. It's wild. U D T U D T F. You don't even need words, just letters. U D T F question mark. You either getting a yes or a no. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'm like trying to get to know girls on Tinder. (laughs) Fucking idiot. It's like, you know, <laughs> you know, just say something vaguely sexual and kind of funny. She'll come over and there blow you. you. It's so weird. Yeah, but it's weird. It's like you feel like, wait, so treating you with respect was the mistake? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. And like, what do you do? That's why, like, you're going to marry. 
You're going to marry the girl who just gave you a blowy after a conversation on Tinder? Come on, right? Man. You know what I mean? And then, you know then I mean? talks and freely talks about the other dudes that she either just banged yeah. or, you know what I mean? It's just like how many this year? You're like, That's I don't know, man. This is weird. Like, I, like, you know, like, you're proud, like you're all proud about ruining your ability to pair bond. Like, cool. Pair bond? What's that? Pair bond. Pair bond. The ability, the ability for one person to bond with another and be in a, in a healthy relationship. Like, yeah. It, it's science on it. After a certain amount of partners, it's, it's impossible. Really? A border is impossible. Yeah. So these girls oh, are already like. I'm fucked. Through. Then. By like twenty one. If that's they're, true, they're, it's I'm fucked. Oh wow, because I'm Unless, way, way past that. I didn't know that. Well, yeah, yeah. They should have told me that. I still would have done it though. Damn, go. that's some shit. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. Somebody said MGTOW. I, I'm not a MGTOW, right? MGTOW, Matt. I understand. <laughs> I understand. That's gonna be the new direction of my channel. No more woke stuff. Now I'm MGTOW, Matt. <laughs> there you go. Might blow up. Might blow up. No, I'm not. I still have hope. I still have faith. I still believe in the, because uh, I mean they're not women are individuals too. I mean yeah, there's like NPCs and women are you know, but there's still women like with values and principles and shit like that. Like I can't. How could there not be any vigilante? Come on now. Nah. Come on no. now. I don't believe. Is it st- statistically there has to be some, but the likelihood is too low for me to play the game and, and care. And I'm like too fat. So it's like it doesn't even matter, and I don't have like Patri- I, like I don't have the Patrice O'Neill game. And plus, he was tall, so it worked. Yeah, he was like six four, and I'm just like five ten, five eleven. So I'm this stumpy fat guy. It's, it ain't gonna work. I, but even when I wasn't as fat, like when I, when I had like the weight off of me and I was dealing with girls, it was just like this is insane because all I'm doing is spending a lot of money on these dates. Because I would go on dates and shit, uh-huh. and I. And I finally got it down to a system. It was like coffee. I get water, so I'm just buying one coffee, and because it, it got too expensive, I'm buying all these whores money. Uh, buy all these stupid whores. Uh, and some of them might go back with me. Some of them won't. But it's like this is not mathing right. It isn't. It's no. This doesn't work. But a guy like Rogan figured it out. What do you mean? He's like married with kids. He's happy. He's a millionaire. Yeah, that's a good point. And one was successful, and it didn't work for two billionaires just recently. It, it, yeah, it but billionaires, I, I, I don't. But yeah, but millionaires like, is a happy relationship. It, and yeah, billionaires will help attract. It. Yeah, it'll help. But I mean, you know, even just like yeah, being financially stable enough to raise children probably is a good place to start if you're trying to get married. That's true. You know, but like, yeah, but I mean, I don't know, like. It seems difficult, but I think it's possible. I know. I, but what are you going to do? You know, just, like this? fucking sleep around for the rest of your life? Yeah. <laughs> or not. Or not. Which is a, what I'm already on pace to do anyway. But oh, like, no, like, here's, here's what it is. It's like, it's not worth, it's not worth the effort. Because, you know, I'm not as good looking. So it's not, I'm not, nothing's worse with being an ugly guy to a bunch of whores. That sucks. Mm-hmm. And oh, maybe a few, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm too old to put in the effort I used to put in. I, it took a lot of effort. And it's just, I'm not willing to put it in. That's if sad had, to hear, maybe, man. Yeah. No, not, it's, it's, it's empowering because now, like, what I realize is yes, that queen. energy, I, 
Yeah, yeah, that's Queen Slate. No, that energy that I, I put forth towards that, I could use towards other things. I, I mean, look, I that's probably a healthy thing. I, I think there's definitely a time to not be chasing women. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it definitely needs to be like, you're like, look, I got to focus on me right now. I got to get my life together or got to get this career up. off the ground or whatever the fuck you're going for. So I, I think it's like, it's not to say like, that's not, you know, I don't know. I mean, look, I mean, live whatever life. You point, think I can get married in my 50s. That yeah. marry, my, you know, marry a girl is in her 40s, in my 50s. <laughs> And because gotta get younger, right? And then, and then you just go off it, and she'll be already done, and I'm already done, and it's like, hey, now, because that's when you really need someone. Is then, yeah, when you're old and shit, yeah. You don't need to marry you and waste both of our primes. Fuck all that. Let's just. <laughs> I'm I'm 55, and I, you know, I mean, I'm in a good position now. I, I can get married and prenup the shit out of you, and then that's another thing, the prenups. Yeah, man. It's just uh. It, it oh, there's no romance left in vigilante's life. Nope. Oh, nah. nah. Yeah, I mean, look, because I can't, it, I can't say I got. No, say I can't. Like I, if, I don't if, have any evidence. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, my bad. I'm just saying, if like a year from now there is some like girl vigilante wedding, a year from then she'll be gone, and I'll just be like, oh my god, I can't believe. Yeah, I got to be honest. I, I, I mean, I don't have a lot of evidence in my past that I would make, you know, that relationships work out. <laughs> my relationship life is pretty bad. But but then, I don't know. A lot of it's me. You know what I mean? A lot of it's like my own bullshit. Plus, it was my life. You know, being a fucking struggling actor in L.A. is about as sexy as a fucking pile of bricks, dude. They don't fucking give a shit. They're not into it at all. Uh, so that had a lot to do with it. And like, you know, just kind of always constantly being insecure because of never having like anything nailed down, like having to like do this like job, you know, the, the food service job that like, you know, I never identified as like something that I really like or I can like, you yeah. know, like, cause I got to focus on this acting career and like that never working. And you know what I mean? Occasionally booking jobs or just, you know, in class and like, Oh God, I got to do well. And, you know, just stressing out all the time. Now that like, I mean, I still have stress, but it's like, I don't know. I feel more comfortable with me. You know what I mean? Like not to say that my life is yeah. made where I want it to be, but I feel more like in touch with myself and like where I am in, in the world. So it's like, I don't know now, like, it's like, I have to face that. Like, you know, I wasn't exactly a great option either for a while. You know what I mean? Like that's got like, something to do with it too. Uh, I think another thing is like the whole, and that's, that's fair. That's fair to self-evaluate and say, you know what? And honestly, I can say uh, similar things about myself, right? Like, yeah, I probably wasn't the best person to date. But I guess uh, with me, it's like if I, there are relationships I look back and I'm like, you know what? If that would have worked out, that would have been terrible for me. If, like, if I would have married that girl, it would have worked out horribly. Or if, if this would have got more serious, it would have worked. Like it, it sounded good at the time. Yeah. But you look back and you can say, oh man, you know, because you know, you talked about being in a certain place, being in a certain place financially. It, it's it's hard to grow with somebody. And you know, I know we're losing people. We had Cameron Posh talking about aliens. Now we're complaining about bitches. But like mind. um it's fun. But like the the you know, a lot oh of shit, see. What? You got one fan, and that's all you fucking need, Holy brother. Holy shit! That's right. What? Fuck, listen. 
<laughs> holy squash yeah. one on one. You missed a great show. Please watch the playback. You said holy shit. I'm just doing the sadness. And oh my god. Over Squash and one on one tipping $101.21. Thank you so much. Please watch the playback because this is almost the end of the show. And it, it was a great show with um, great. with Cameron Pasha. And yeah. And like the, all these conspiracies and the history of Hollywood and all Speaking this wild stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, oh, you better not be an Illuminati member. You better not like show up. In my house one day, like, hey, vigilante. So this right, is what exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know? What were you saying about Hollywood? Two in the back yeah. of the head. <laughs> like the uh, fucking the end of the party with uh, was it Marky Mark? Yeah, he yeah. Shits on his feet when yeah. he went into the uh, little booties. Yeah, little booties. Yeah. I thought that was just such a touch, like a touch of professionalism. That yeah, of course he has these little booties on to to make sure there's no footprints. That ending always bothered me, though. I, I felt like it would have been much more uh, appropriate for Matt Damon to have to have gone to jail. You know what I mean? Like, as mm-hmm. a disgraced cop, like, I feel like he would have just had the fucking shit kicked out of him, like, every day in jail. Yeah. Maybe not, though, if he's, like, connected. But then the guy's get gone, so it's, like, no one to protect yeah, him. Yeah, his main guy was gone. He killed that. I love The Departed. It's one of my it's a great fucking movie, man. It's underrated. It's so underrated. It's a top ten movie for me. I think so. It's one of those movies I realized over the years. I was like, I love this. Like, I love putting it on. Like, yeah, I, I could say objectively, it's probably not as good as like Casino or Goodfellas. And I love both yeah. those movies, but it's the most fun. It's smooth as shit. Smooth like the way it moves. It, yeah, it's like a. It, it's like a. I'm not even a film guy, but it right. feels like a masterclass of every element of film. Yeah. Of like writing, of scenes, of shooting it, of acting it, everything just 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 fits. Just even the moment, uh, I can't think of uh, whatever Leonardo DiCaprio's the guy when he falls off the building and it just the way it, like goes at his face and then you see the dramatic fall and the blood. Mm-hmm. It's just something about that you that, that feeling of oh shit. Yep. Now what's gonna happen? And it fucked with your expectations, like in a good way, like yes. not in a Ryan Johnson way. Like it's just like when, it, when DiCaprio gets shot, you're like, "Whoa, yeah. holy shit, he's fucking dead!" Yes. Like, <laughs> yes, what? Yeah, so good. And the whole thing with like maybe Matt Damon's character is gay, like that whole kind of yeah. like little through line, like that whole thing. That's why he can't fuck his wife and all this shit. It's like really yep. interesting, man. Like it's a whole. It's very interesting. I love that movie. I think it's a lot of fun. It has just enough reality to keep it entertaining, but like it's a stylized movie, so it's fun. Super stylized. And I love yeah. the stylized. I really like that movie. I really think it's good. I really do too. I really do too. Yeah. All right. Well, do you want to just end on that, my friend? Yeah, yeah. End on something positive. Uh, it was a great show. You guys were yeah. great. You guys were patient with us. I'm sorry. Even after o- Ogre Squash, I couldn't get everyone to chat. Sorry. You know, I really... I, I I apologize if anybody was offended, but I'm I'm trying to do the best we can with the show and and, and everyone's time. So uh, anything you wanted to talk about before we uh, signed off? No, no, I'm cool. I mean, I, I'm grateful that the chat was here. I'm glad, I'm glad everybody liked the show. I think you know when we're having guests, especially like when it's not like Tom or Comics or something like that, when they're not like YouTubers. You know what I mean? They're more just yeah. like people who. T- it's like I think the chat. I I would appreciate that if you guys just like understood that like we got to talk to them. 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. we can bring up chats if they're kind of relevant to where we're at in the conversation, but it really is more about the guest on those days. So it's like, as much as I know chat interaction is like a big part of why you guys hang out with us. And like, it's a big part of what I we know. do. It's not necessarily, we don't have like, I know depending on the guest, like I said, you know, but if it's like someone who's like, you know, an actor or whatever, like, it's like, they don't, they don't know what the fuck that is. You know what I mean? Like, and so it's, it's so hard to stop. Like, yeah, all the 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 stuff we were talking. <laughs> yeah, I, I try to bring you guys up as much as I can. Thank yeah. you for all the super chats to kind of cap off. We only got three, but you know, one of them was the the, the potential. Yeah, since you know, says it's money laundering. I think it's just love. Ogre Squasher with a one hundred one twenty one tip said nothing. Uh, Isn't the girl who had a blank tip for two dollars? And Brandon the Infinite Wolf, aka Gogo thirteen. Uh, tipped uh, five dollars just to say awesome to see Cameron Pasha on uh, uh, on the show, and that uh, he missed you on Twitter, which I, we did read to him. Before Thank you, Ogre Squasher. I did sort of vainly wear this shirt, hoping that Cameron would compliment me. He did not. He didn't notice. I didn't that's even know okay. what shirt. Oh, Full Metal Jacket. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No more eye rolls expecting clips, so I, I have to I was, do some clips. Yeah, that's a great idea. Hundred percent. He made this. Yeah, I'll yeah. try to clip out some on my channel too, so that we have like different, you know, elements. Yeah, yeah, and all that. yeah. Cool. Right. Well, that was fucking awesome as usual. Thanks for everyone for hanging out, Culture Crime Fighters. All right, I'm about to hit the outro and get out of here. Peace, everybody. This is.